Allie, yep. I know this time of year there there's a lot of complaints about the commercialization of the holidays and everything mm-hmm. and how it, you know, it's really crass and, you know, how it's expanded to fill up everything. So if you could help me because I've become so cynical, could you explain the true meaning of Hanukkah? Sure. So there's, if you've ever seen a dreidel before, that's that mm-hmm. little top you spin. Mm-hmm. There are four Hebrew letters on it. Okay. And it basically comes out to saying, essentially, mm-hmm. a great miracle happened there. Ah. And I guess if you live in in Israel, mm-hmm. it, one of the letters changes to say a great miracle happened here. Oh, that's very clever. Isn't that which, very one, which one is it? Which letter changes? You don't know, do you? I'm a really good Jew. <laughs> cool. And I'm going okay, to so, keep that so secret I, to so myself. So basically, a great miracle happening <clears throat> here or there, there is that you've won some chocolate coins in a weird gambling game. Well, yeah. All right. I mean, it sounds about right, right? (laughs) Still makes more sense than Easter. Welcome to a very special holiday match made in space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm Santa Walter. (laughs) And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this episode we are doing the 1988 Murray Family Workfare Project, Scrooge. Wow, I wasn't expecting a... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brain stop. Okay. um, So, yeah, we we did Scrooge. Directed by Richard Donner, which kind of surprised me. I mean, I I honestly only really think of Richard Donner as a guy who did Superman and Superman 2, well, half of Superman 2. So, uh, but it's starring Bill Murray, and it's, you know, basically just a retelling of A Christmas Carol. So I think we can do my same joke again and say goodnight, folks. (laughs) No. Um, I guess... um, what we're going to do here is, Allie, give me give me your elevator pitch. I'm a high-priced movie executive for IBC Network. I'm, uh, I've am i got a lot of guy liner. I look a little bit like the guy from Ghostbusters, but I look really smooth. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know how Ghostbusters was a huge hit, right? Yeah. And you know how Bill Murray was a great big part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know Bill Murray has a bunch of brothers? I did. You did. They are also actors. I did not know that. And... <laughs> We believe that a fabulous idea would be to put all those brothers together, mix them up in a bowl, throw in some Karen Allen, and do a Christmas carol. Okay, but only, only if there is the lead vocalist of at least one band that played at Max's Kansas City in the in the 70s. Little Steven? Oh. No. Try again. Buster Poindexter. He didn't go by Buster Poindexter then, but yes. Okay, that guy. That David Johansson dude. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right, what's your elevator Okay, pitch? my elevator pitch. All right. We know Bill Murray's good with ghosts. We do. What if? What if? This time, he has no gun. It's like Die Hard, but with ghosts. He's at the top of a building, and he's got to get down to the ground floor and escape these ghosts, but his proton pack isn't there, and all he has to help him is Bobcat Goldthwait with a shotgun. It'll be the best Christmas movie ever. I shot a kid. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Uh, okay. I want to start by saying that. Oh wow! I went to the red with that. Yeah, I shot a kid. Way in the bread. I mean, it like shot up to the top. Yeah, there'll be a lot of normalizing of this particular episode. There's so I just want to say that what what I what, 
because this was a, this particular film is one that John is showing me. Yeah, I, I have never we, seen. This. We actually were not like, which that is was, not shocking. This was Jew, not. Right? This was not going to be like my episode choice. Right. Uh, well, again, it's been like a couple of months. Uh, my episode choice was not going to be seasonally appropriate originally. But last week we were uh, walking in a Target and I saw like the the bin like with the with the holiday movies and I was like, Ah, oh, Scrooge, remember that one? And Allie was like, No, and I was like, Whoa, yeah, you know. So uh, this is this is a surprise. Um, like like sudden like okay well shoot I guess we're doing this one you know because I hadn't seen Scrooge since the 80s and like I, I remember liking it at the time but then again I liked a lot of things at the time I was about to say <laughs> as far as Christmas movies go I've seen I've seen a lot of your off Christmas movies like your non uh, popular like I've never seen the Santa Claus like I've never seen I've never I've seen, seen that either I've only seen like little bits of Jack Frost I think which seemed really like Jack Frost the, yeah the, was that Michael the, Keaton yeah that's not a that's not a Christmas movie that's a movie about a, a musician who dies and possesses a snowman is that true well it basically Robert, isn't it supposed to be? anyway uh, I think I've only seen well you know my theory that Frosty is not a Christmas song yeah. anyway well and I think I've only <laughs> seen like uh, Christmas Vacation once, like you know, like I'm not right, your, yeah. you know, but but I, you've seen Elf like 300 th- times, right? So I've seen Elf like 300 times, and I've seen well maybe like three times or four times, but I love that movie. Maybe. But that's probably my favorite Christmas movie. But I've also seen a lot of off-brand Christmas movies because I tend to be movies about Christmas and <laughs> <laughs> like legally they can't say Christmas. <laughs> I well I okay and I will say that Miracle on 34th Street the original not the newer version was a favorite of mine as a kid but who's, honestly whose favorite is the, is the newer new version, version? Don't you, don't even, you don't even need to say that that's like saying you know what my favorite Maltese Falcon is the one that came before the Humphrey Bogart well I guess <laughs> if you were a hipster you might say that um, but my but my my point is that the ones that I did watch and for some reason that stuck with me were these like TV movie of the weeks type of oh, Christmas yeah. movies, like the one that like, the, what? like Mike Farrell murdered his wife on Christmas. And, no, that's no, not. That's like not. there was one that one. I don't know. They all star Mike Farrell. I don't know if it was the Flop House or um the what, oh. or uh, what was it? We hate movies that did one of the ones that I was like, I know that movie, and you were like, was like one fine Christmas. Or yeah, something. one fine Christmas or something. And yeah, basically, like, who watches this movie? And I was like, I went to the theater and watched that. Movie. Why would you watch a Christmas movie in the theater? <laughs> Even I don't watch Christmas movies in the theater, and I was raised Baptist. I think I was. Like six, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway. you had every reason. Unless I hope you watched it on Christmas Day while eating Chinese food. I don't think we did, which is even sadder if you want to know the truth. It was really bad. I, so, I, actually, I'm going to go on a little aside yeah, here because it's adorable. Means. Ali's family, you know, as we know, is Jewish. <laughs> Ali's family does actually celebrate Christmas. We love Christmas, but it's it's really funny. But because because they're Jewish, there's absolutely no connection to like the religious side no. of it, obviously. But like, so it's just like culturally, yeah. like it, it, like a Christian, a Christmas thing. It's like it's like a secular holiday for them, like just a little gift, like minor it's gift. It's like what Valentine's holiday. Day would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like the most amazing thing is how it, it, it it's like, like I think I've described, like I described it. It's like it's like a cargo cult version of Christmas. It's like they've heard rumor of what Christmas looks like, and it sort of resembles Christmas. Like like it looks a little bit like Christmas, but it's just like it's like the trappings of Christmas, but not quite. We were always away, like as a family, because my dad, that would be when my dad would get vacation time. So right. we'd go, and we'd usually go down to Florida to visit my, my grandparents when I was a kid. Right. And inevitably, we'd end up in a hotel somewhere, and my mom would produce the Christmas gifts that supposedly, quote yeah. unquote, Santa had. Here's an us. athletic sock. <laughs> 
was like there's an athletic well, sock year, full of gelt this is the one I remember one year we were in I remember we were actually staying at one of my grandparents houses they had an extra bedroom and I think my parents went to a hotel and we stayed at their home but they showed up early instead of eggnog it's egg cream no but almost we had gone the, that was a really good line and I want very, credit very for it I'm very proud of you for that and they had to bring the seltzer bottle you know and they went to Katz's and they got it you know anyway. so got then, some what is it called the the, the yellow stuff uh the the, the, the the chocolate syrup it's like uh, you bet you bet that's you bet, it yeah. I was gonna say oh no but that didn't sound right the, the O. Henry oh no <laughs> that's a terrible name for a chocolate syrup yeah there's a big fight between there's Bosco, a gas leak in this house there's a Bosco <coughs> you bet fight going on but you know oh, yeah, wins anyway right. so in my house yeah, that, 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 you that, bet that, that's always Dukes wins. versus Hellman's in the south yeah 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 you bet always wins Dukes wins so um as I was yellow. as I was saying, so so I'll never forget this. We had gone to the the like this. What is it? The not space camp, but like the you know the space NASA. Needle? No, like it was in Florida, so it was like we're Cape Na- Canaveral. Yeah, we're well, we're NASA. All the Na- Cape Canaveral. Yeah, that's where. So anyway, so we'd gone to the museum there. Space camps in Alabama. We know that from the movie. Yes, we do. So I we'd gone there, and my mom shows up with. Christmas presents from, and this is all in air quotes, from Santa, right? <laughs> a couple days later, because we were down there for like a good, you know, week and a half or whatever. And she shows up with these gifts and we open them up and inside it's like astronaut ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shitty gift. Even your Christmas is Hanukkah. It really is. It was really funny. And it was so. Six pack. Can you believe it? It was so gross. I remember eating it being like. Astronaut ice cream is what they used to torture POWs. I mean, I think we even got like a a packet of Tang, if I remember correctly. (laughs) I remember thinking to myself. Here's me. And I was like. <coughs> How did Santa know we went to the, the museum, the astronaut well, museum? To, I'm going to tell you this right now. From personal experience, having met Santa when I was four, uh, I wasn't even at home. He knew where I was. Yeah, you got to hear this story. Santa knows, Santa knows these things. Tell this story. This oh, is yeah. such a good story. Well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty obviously no, great story. No, but it's so right. sweet. Well, it, look, okay, I'm four years old. Uh, you know, I grew up in South Carolina, but we went up to uh, visit my my great aunt Pearl, who, who I just called Aunt Pearl, uh, who was my she basically raised my father because his mother died when he was like six, and so she was basically my grandmother for all intents and purposes. Um, we went up there. Uh, my whole family got together in Clinton, Iowa, in her in her place, and you know, and I was like, you know, like a little ner- a little nervous because you know it's like. I'm nowhere near Santa. It is snowing, which is something that, wow, snow on Christmas, what a weird idea. Right. Um, but like the house didn't have a chimney. Right. So I'm like, oh no, how is Santa going to even get in? And they're like, oh, he has his ways. And then this is the most amazing thing. I'm like just sitting, I'm with my, like I'm four years old. I'm with my, my like playing on the floor with my two-year-old cousin um, who later became quite a fine drinking buddy for me um, <laughs> later in life. Um, as a, most of my family are essentially, we're a family of drinking buddies. Mm-hmm. Um but um, uh, you know, like we are, there was some out on the lawn. There arose such a clatter, and like I couldn't get to the window. Like they were like, you need to, you know, you need to stay back uh, from the window. But Santa, there's there's a sleigh full of reindeer outside, and I was like, what? You know, it's early, early. Like I was like, I guess Santa starts earlier in Iowa. I didn't know that. He he didn't come till real late. Uh, I was usually asleep whenever I was a kid there. But he was coming earlier, and you know, Santa came bustling in the door. Just this huge, big, jovial man who sounded really like. Really Midwestern, and he, uh, and he he gave me uh, Empire Strikes Back toys. Um, I got the, that set with the turret uh, that had like the cardboard drawing of the ad at in the oh, back. Yeah. And I, I got like Space Luke, and I got a snow speeder. Santa, Santa rocks. So I met I met I met the actual not, not it wasn't like one of those malls. I met the real Santa. Right. 
which was really cool. Um, and I, you know, like I, I was just, I was very delighted by that. So that's, that's my story. It's like, just, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a close personal friend to Santa Claus. We just met the one time. The one time. But I have actually met Santa, which what I What I love so much cool. about this is that, uh, is the idea that, you know, he walks in and I, I you told me that you have a family picture. I don't remember. There's a picture, picture of me. Like, you got to show it to me at some point. Yeah, like, I, 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 put it up. Actually, you can put it up for them. I might. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a picture of me with like my, like I'm like, like I think I have my finger in my mouth. I'm like. <laughs> Ala Jackson. Like, oh, okay. Well, it's like, well, my index finger. Yeah. Like I'm like chewing, I'm like kind of biting on it and I'm like, ah, because I like, I, like, you meet Santa. Like that's a celebrity. I mean, that is a celebrity. I mean, like I, I can't think of the most famous person I've met that wasn't a sex offender. I had to move Al Franken down one. <laughs> um, uh, the most famous person I've met that um like that like like olympia dukakis maybe but i didn't know she was olympia dukakis yeah. we've already told that story right i don't think you've told that story okay well like are we gonna talk about this movie or are we just gonna yeah, tell stories, gonna tell stories. Let's, let's shoot the shit it's <laughs> yeah, the holidays funny, yeah um if i haven't told this story if i had you, drink if i if i had us. keep hitting that 15 minute <clears throat> that 15 second skip button until i you know end it but um in college i was sitting in a you know like in a coffee shop uh you know and i was uh, i was wearing a shirt from the uh, industrial band pig face uh a Martin Atkins project, a lot of percussion in it. Um, like it's like kind of, it's a lot of times it's an industrial supergroup. They have a revolving cast of members from various industrial bands. Um, but it like it was a shirt that I owned that was fairly obnoxious. It like these weird two like sausage babies. I still have it. Yes, uh, you do. It's funny as I, I have washed it. <laughs> I I have a lot of shirts that are like twenty years old and a lot of shirts that are five years old or less because like. Like shirts, everyone. I wore such giant shirts in the '90s that even though I'm a huge fatty now, I can still wear most of my old '90s shirts. But I can't wear like actual like like fitted shirts from like ten years ago that I used to have. Uh, but um, but it's a disgusting sausage baby thing, and it says Pig Face at the top, and on the back it says Fook, which was the because it was a, the cover of the album Fook by Pig Face. You can Google it; it's disgusting looking. Um, and this uh, this nice older woman um, at, like asked me what on earth my shirt meant. We were sitting in this coffee shop, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's uh, it's it's Pig Face. It's an industrial band." And then she it's like, "Well, industrial." What's that mean? I was like, oh, well, industrial music is. And I kind of explained industrial music to her. And she was, she was, she was politely interested. Like, it, like, I, like, like, it was a, not a long conversation, but like just that she was very interested. She was asking me questions about things. And I was like, okay, I'll explain this to you. It was very kind of weird. I was like, I think I was like 19 at the time. I think I had like my hair shaved and like on the sides, like the kids are doing now again. Yeah. But I, like, you know, like you I did had, it when it was cool. I, I had like the top knot, you know, like, uh, and um, I'm explaining this out, you know, and. She leaves, and then I, I find out, like, from the owner of the coffee shop that that had been Olympia Dukakis, um, and I was very confused that I just sat and shot the shit with Olympia Dukakis about industrial music, um, and the specifically the band Pig, Pig Face. Face. So that's my story. Uh, uh, hey, 15 second people who are scrubbing ahead, because I might have told this already, uh, I'm done. Yeah, good. All right. I guess we should kind of dive into a little bit of Scrooge. Okay, and okay. If we, yeah. And, if, and if, if while we're going... Mm-hmm. Something comes up of a fun holiday story. We'll, we'll just yeah, get to decide. I, I, I don't, I don't know that fun. I have any more fun holiday I, stories. The rest know. of my stories are about bitter recrimination and fights. <laughs> um, except for the oh, oh wait, oh, uh, all, right. all right, Christmas of 1983. I don't have a good story about it, but it's not bitter recrimination. That was what is known in history as the greatest Christmas of all time. Oh yeah, I'll I tell got, them all your gifts you got. Because I got literally everything I put on my Christmas. Actually, it's the it's the most bittersweet Christmas Ooh, of all time. Okay. Because I got everything I put on my list plus a puppy. But, this is where it gets bittersweet, I forgot to ask for an AT-AT. Oh. Had I asked for an AT-AT, I might have gotten it, and my fucking neighbors got an AT-AT. And they had the AT-AT. I, I, yeah, I got a puppy, I got a bike, I got a bunch of G.I. Joe stuff, I got the, the, the jet, 
you know, the G- and I got the, the the Dragonfly, which is the GI Joe helicopter modeled after the Huey Cobra, you know, and I got a bunch of Cobra like vehicles. I got a Hiss tank. It was awesome. And then I'm like, I go out and I like I go that same day, you know, all the kids are out playing with their stuff, and I'm like, and my neighbors, uh, my my neighbor Vernon, yeah, I lived in Orangeburg, South Carolina, so I had a neighbor named Vernon. Mm. He had a cousin named Bubba. Um, yes, Vernon and Bubba were out playing with their new at at. And I've never been angrier, and I've wanted an ad ad for like since 1980. I have wanted an ad ad, and I have never owned an ad ad, and it has broken my heart so many times. But anyway, so if you want to make this little boy happy on Christmas Day, now, and I, and I will accept one of those new first order ones that look kind of like gorillas, but I really want a traditional ad ad. So if you can we get were, me the traditional, specifically if you could find the Kinner one, that would be great. But a Lego ad ad, like. Like would be all, would also work because I love me some Legos, but you know, like so I can't take through, out a bank loan. We're walking truly because we're walking through Target, and I think it was a day that they had like twenty twenty percent off discount, <coughs> and we were buying gifts. I I'm, I shit you not, we were buying a gift for a little boy who lives in a shelter with his mother, and I do this every year. I I donate um, a gift to. This is a really cool thing that my friend has set up. It's basically a, a you donate. The, the, the child will tell the mother what kind of gifts they want, like what things they're, they're into. In this particular, uh, this was a little two-year-old who was very into Thomas the Train. Th- Thomas, tra- Thomas the Train? Th- Thomas the Tank Engine? Tank Engine, Thomas- yeah. Thank <laughs> you. I was like, I don't really Thomas. And also, um, uh, there was one other thing he liked. And, oh, um, I can't remember. Percy's the only character on that show that isn't a monster, by the way. One other, anyway, he was, in, he was into one other thing. Oh, oh, Cat in the Hat books. Cat in the Hat So Hats. we, you know, basically you can spend as much or as little as you want, but the idea is that you buy the gifts, you wrap them, you, you put a little tag on it to tell the mother what's in the gifts, but the idea is that the mother gives these gifts to her child because she doesn't yeah, she have the doesn't, money to buy, buy them. She doesn't say this gift came from a charity thing. Right. She just gives them the gifts so that as it kind of gives her. her kind of gives her like the, the, the kids don't have to know or think about the fact that like they're they in grinding poverty and that their mother can't afford gifts. Yeah, so we do this for the you know? for the parents basically or the mother in this particular case. So I love doing this. This is my favorite charity in the whole wide world that I get to that I get to have something like tangible and physical to do every year. So I've been doing this <clears throat> every year. So we were in Target. You should probably actually say what the name of the charity is in case anyone wanted yeah, to Yeah, it's win- Winterland it. Wishes and it's we we've finished for this year, but if we ever do it when we do, yeah. I mean I know she's going to do it next well, yeah, year. I mean, but if anybody's at all interested, please don't hesitate to, to look, message look me because yeah, well, it no, it's not it's, oh, not, oh. it's not it's not it's all through Aaron. Aaron does it. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's she coordinated. It's, oh, it's local. She okay. coordinated. Oh, there's not like a website or anything. Uh-uh, no, it's not like that. It's literally coordinated. Okay, yeah, so you can yeah, you can contact Allie. Yeah, and I will make sure cuz we always are looking for more people who are talk to her on Twitter. Twitter at A-L-I underscore Goodman, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <clears throat> but again, again, it won't be until next, next year. year. But, but, you know, but if, if you're listening if you're to this, if you're listening to this in 2018 at some point, you never know, you know. Lord so. knows there will probably be plenty of people who can't afford gifts. That's right. So, um, yeah, it's such a great little, like, like organized charity thing that we do. But anyway, so long story short, we're walking through <laughs> Target in the kids section and all of a sudden John like, puts an arm out. Like, like, like if we're going too fast in a car and clotheslines me to stop me mm-hmm. and he goes, oh, there's an ad-ad, there's a Lego ad-ad. And like, it, I mean, I, it was the first order ad-ad, so it wasn't like the, you But know. he didn't realize that. I don't think he realized that at first. Well, no, I, I did. I, it was the wrong color. He was so excited. It, I think it was 100. And then, and, then, and then you see, like, it's got the gorilla forearms and stuff. Was it like $180? It was $150, I think. It was $150. And he's like, and, and I. 
you know, you hear about the little kids. We don't have a child that does this because he's on the spectrum. But, yeah. but I, you hear I, our about son little... doesn't really isn't really aware of the holidays. Right, so he, knows really... what, he knows anything with lights in it is a Christmas tree. Right, what, like I don't think he knows what Christmas is. He no, knows. he doesn't figure. He's it like out that. Yet. He's like that song, uh, that 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 Live Aid song. He doesn't know it's Christmas. Yes. So, um, so side note: While we're going side notes. God damn it, Bob Geldof. Ethiopia is one of the oldest Christian communities in the world. Yes, they know it's Christmas. Anyway, <laughs> so condescending ass. So we go, so we're walking through and you hear about, I mean, I hear these stories, parents telling me like, kids are like, mommy, I want this. Mommy, daddy, I want, get me that, get me that. And they don't shut up about it. And then you're like, you're not getting even anything for Christmas because you won't leave me alone. That was my experience with my husband. But I want to point out, I was joking. Oh, Except I Except we know I wasn't really think you joking. were, exactly. And this was it. Give me an ad can you, Allie, get me an ad Give me the ad Give me the ad Give me the ad I, mean, I need an ad I'm not joking. For almost an hour, it was like it would get silent. It wasn't an hour. It was a good hour. We were not in the Target for an hour. We were it, was the the target. Entire time it, was it was the entire time we were in the Target, but we were in, only in the Target for maybe, maybe 48 minutes. Maybe, I'll give you 48 minutes, but it was okay. not an hour. Also, did you ever get me that ad at? Give me that ad at. Give me the ad. I mean, I'm Seriously, not. Though. No, I did not get you an ad at. Uh, I got you a bowling ball named Homer. So, Unless it's an ad at named, <laughs> I'm going to get you an ad at named John. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh my God. Now, if you'll excuse uh, me, I got to put my ad at together oh that, I God, gave you. that I gave you. <coughs> so, okay, let's so anyway, actually get into hey, this. Can, can you guess that maybe we didn't take a lot of notes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, the movie it's starts. It's not that hard to figure out, though. So, but oh, the movie, oh, the movie actually begins in a really interesting, misleading way. Well, and for, I was going to say, like, the, so uh, before you even start, I know, no, this has to do with the movie. This has to do with the movie. This is the Tristan Shandy of No, no, no. I want to, I want to, no, but I want to bring this up because I, I knew. That I, is a good, clever reference. Look it up. I, the, I, that was a. This, Tristram Shandy. This is Tristram. the thing. Like, I knew enough about this movie to know. I mean, it, it, from the title, it's pretty freaking easy to figure out that it's, the, that it's a take on Dickens' Christmas You thought it was going to be a musical, didn't you? No, I did not. Scrooge does sound like the name of a musical it does it, but right. it, but I knew it wasn't I mean it was Bill Murray I knew it was Bill Murray but that was the only cast member that I knew for sure was in the movie I didn't know anything else but here was the interesting thing is that I because I know the story of the a Christmas Carol and Dickens Christmas Carol and I knew this was I a mean ta- pretty much everyone knows that right, story right that's what I'm saying so was, I knew it was a take on it what I was most interested in seeing and I'm sure most people were as well is how are they going to modernize this and who are, who are they yeah. going to become? So when we were in the car, I was joke speculating what kind of job he could have because obviously he's not an accounting, you know, an accounting house like a, yeah. like like Scrooge was in the original. So mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, is he an accountant? And John's like, no. And I'm like, was he a lawyer? And he's like, no. And so like I went through a whole bunch of, he's like, I'm not going to tell you. You're just going to have to watch the movie. Yes. But I thought that to I was me. Like, he's an 80s guy, Allie. An like, 80s guy. The most interesting thing to me about watching a, a remake of something that that is such a classic movie is seeing those things that they have to do in order to make it make sense of yeah. the modern day. And I think they yeah, are... You've got, to have, you've got to have nephew Fred in some capacity. They're you, only you, 75% successful in this movie. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think I, they really... Well, they, they, they really leaned heavily into, uh, you know, Scrooge's uh, sex life. Uh, they which really I think, did. Which I think Dickens With really, Bell, you know, yeah. like, I think Dick, Dickens really never, uh, never really uh, fully explored exactly yeah. what sexual positions... Charles Dick, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge yes. uh, had gotten into as True. a young fellow, um, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it does actually keep a few things. I as a kid, hilariously enough, as a kid when, when I first saw, I'm a kid, I was like twelve or thirteen, right? But like, I I don't think I'd actually read a Christmas Carol at that point. I know I read it sometime in that you around knew the that story. age, I mean, but I'd, I'd seen I'd seen like 
various the Muppets or whatever. I, the, no, the Muppets Christmas Carol had. Oh, it hadn't come out 90s. yet. That's right. Uh, Jim Henson was actually still alive when this movie was made. Oh. But he is not alive during Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, um, yeah. I, I judge life by when, like, when was whether Jim Henson was alive or not is kind of a turning point in my mm. life. And you know, Jim Henson basically didn't make it through. You know, like I think you know, like the '90s basically was Hensonless, which is why we were an '80s podcast because yeah. in the '80s you never know. What, maybe Henson will show up in something, you know. That's but. True. Um, Thank God we still have Frank Oz. Oh my gosh, um, thank God. We won't talk about that because nope. it's got spoilers. Yes. Um, but um, but anyway, like as a kid, I, I don't think I realized because I hadn't read like the original Dickens. I'd seen I'd seen the movie. Like I, I think I think I'd seen the Sim movie by that point. You know, the classic Alistair Sim version. I'd seen you know the the Mickey's Christmas Carol. I know I'd seen a couple of adaptations. You know, of, of various sorts. But you know, like I was not not really aware as a kid of just how horrific and like spooky it's supposed to be mm. you know and like I, I like this movie is very off-putting and weird and i actually think it that's actually more faithful to dickens mm. than i realized as a kid yeah like it's it's weirdly enough it's one of the weaker parts of this movie is like you know like it does feel like it it there is a weird mean mean-spiritedness under oh, yes. this movie that even the happy ending can't 100% negate. Yeah. But uh but yeah, it's but um I would say going back like going but to go backwards, yes, like like I think it maps fairly well like, you know, like again, you like they made they made Fred a brother, they made, you know, Marley is more of like a, you know, business mentor. Yeah. They're, you know, they they, you know, the ghosts are the ghosts. Mhm. You know, and like again, Belle is is has Karen Allen's character whose name I've forgotten. I don't remember any of the characters' names very well. I, I don't either. I I know John Murray's character's name James. I don't remember Bill Murray's actual character's name. I know, Look I it up. and then Robert Mitchum is not Robert Mitchum's character. Uh, by the way, Robert fucking Mitchum is in this movie. Great. <laughs> Robert Mitchum's character's name like Preston or something. So, um, um, but <clears throat> oh, uh, let's see. So it starts uh, Frank off... Cross. That's it. it, it oh yeah, Francis Cross. Xavier Cross, Cross is right. his name. Yes. So okay. So Which, the, by the way, so the movie starts out. Cross is more of an Easter name. Yeah. So Lee Majors. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, just the fact that you just opened this with Lee Majors. It actually begins on a very weirdly off-putting Santa's workshop. Yeah, it's a Santa's like workshop. it's shot with kind of weird Dutch angles and things. Like, yeah. if, like I don't know if there's Dutch angles. It's not that bad, but it's like everything's a little off, off kilter. It kind of feels like it was shot more like by Joe Dante maybe yeah. than, than Richard Donner. Yeah, you know, it's got like that. Like you know, Joe Dante movies always kind of have like a little like because he comes out of that horror background. His movies always kind of feel a little off kilter. Yeah. You know, like it's shot more like the Burbs than like an actual Christmas thing, and it's like Santa's workshop, and suddenly they're being invaded by terrorists. Yes, and like the elves are bringing out machine guns, and then Lee Major shows up at the door. Yeah, and you really and Allie's like, "What the fuck am I watching?" You know, and I'm like, <laughs> and like I had forgotten how it began, but I knew immediately. I'm like, "It's a framing narrative, Allie." Yeah, like, like, because what it is is it's actually not what a you said. Narrative. What you said was Scrooge contains multitudes. Yes, which is <laughs> we'll never explain that joke. Deal with it. Um, but anyway. Um, like it begins with like basically it's it's a it's a holiday special starring Lee Majors and it cuts to one of the biggest laughs that you'll ever get out of me in anything ever is Robert Goulet, Robert Goulet singing <laughs> while Robert he's, he's standing on like I don't know a, a raft of some yeah, kind. It's, and like, he's, it's honestly like the beginning of the Muppet movie. Yes, but it's Robert Goulet's old fashioned Cajun Christmas. <laughs> it's 
brilliant. And then you see him being sort of followed by a crocodile or an alligator. It's yeah. brilliant. It's a brilliant I, it's, moment. It's, it's, it's so great. because what it, But what it, it isn't even Robert Goulet, which is making it even funnier. It's Bob Goulet. Oh, of course. It's Bob, Bob Goulet's old-fashioned old Cajun Christmas. Christmas. Oh, my God. You know, like, it's... But it, 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 which is perfect for 1988, because we were kind of going into this weird, like, like remember Justin Wilson, the cook in Cajun, was selling Cajun-flavored oh, late yeah. ruffles at that yeah, time? Yeah. You know, like, it Lots was kind of like... It was like, kind of like, in the 80s, it was like a micro trend of like, ooh, Cajun culture, like yeah. blackened food and things yeah. like that was be- was becoming a little like trendier. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was the America, uh, you know, we, we always think the bayou is basically America's Australia. Mm-hmm. There's poisonous things that can kill you and it's full of, <laughs> it's full of weird criminals. You know, it, you know it's kind of like... <laughs> fan boats. Yeah, fan boats. I don't think Australia has a lot of fan no, boats. No, but I, I feel like it feels Australian. Yes, I don't does. know why, it just does. Australia is actually hot and dry for the most part, That's but you true. know, like I, I still think, you know, it's still, it's still pretty... Pretty much, I would. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna argue that the Bayou is America's Australia. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, like I that. that's that's my statement. I'm sticking with it. But anyway, it turns out these are all. There's a couple other things they show. These are all like basically setups. These are these are holiday specials that are coming up on this network that Bill Murray is the youngest president of. Right. And he is. And they're they're showing previews for. They are planning a live version. And by the way, I I love the touch that it's Dickens classic. Scrooge, yeah, which is not even the name of the book, right? You know, right. Like, it's it, not even it, right. It, it, it's the, the short story. It's actually a short story, a yeah. novella, maybe. It's like it's it's a Christmas Carol, but like obviously people know that. But uh, you know, they they call it Scrooge because it's TV, you know, like. But it's like it's it already looks to be an incredibly crass event in the first place. Yeah. Like you've got Mary Lou Retton is, as as tiny, tiny Tim. They've got Jamie Farr and Buddy Hackett. Oh God, it's like crazy. so like shitty TV movie from oh. the eighties. The only thing they were missing when they were like in the good in the I would say the quote unquote yeah. good promo is they were missing where they in the 80s when they used to like frame and do like a sparkle sound and yeah. like with, with each like person almost yeah. kind of what they do in the match game but like yeah. you know what I'm saying where they frame each person like with like where that person turns and then they smile at the camera that's what they were missing with like garland around it that would have made it absolutely perfect so then they, I'm sorry I was doing the, the match game uh, so then music. Um, so then uh, they finished the, their promo they show that promo and then Bill Murray's like what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what's wrong? And Bobcat Goldthwait is like one of the, um, like, he's like this nebbishy, nerdy uh, writer like, guy. Like, no, no, he's not a writer. He's, like, he's an executive. But oh, he's yeah, like he's a like, low level yeah. executive yeah. who's like, you know, like, he, like, he's like, like basically explaining, like, he's like, Bill Murray's like, what are the responses? Like, well, you know, people want to see this. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, and Bob, Bill Murray's like, no, they have to be afraid to miss this. That is what I, you know, like, and yeah. he's like intense and he's like, I'm not going to screw this up. This is my big moment. Uh, you know, and it turns out. <clears throat> You know, like basically, my brain just stopped. Sorry. You know, like he he shows them his promo, and it's this insane. Like it's got explosions. It's like it's, it's like Die Hard. Yeah, it's like it's this over the top insanity of yeah. like you know you can't miss this. <coughs> and it, it, it's like it's it's Terrifying. not and it not once does it actually mention like Christmas or even holidays. Nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's just this. Incredibly crass, dark. It's like War of the thing. Worlds, like coming down. Yeah, and it, it's explode, it, yeah. And you know, Bobcat Goldthwait is obviously like, like he like he dismisses everybody. Bobcat Goldthwait stays stays behind to say like, hey, um, this is not cool. This is a uh, you know, this is kind of scary and bad. And like, I think maybe it'd be better if it wasn't like this. And Bill Murray's like, oh, you know, like I think I wish you'd waited, and not told me this sooner. He's like, well, I just saw this for the first yeah, time, right, you yeah. know, and he's like, okay, well, you know what, I'll see what I can do by tomorrow to change it, and he's like, well, thank you, you know, and he leaves, and then he turns to his assistant, Grace, played by Alfred Woodard, uh, who is the, the Cratchit, Cratchit of, this, uh, of this story, 
and he and basically he's like, okay, um, in five minutes I want within five minutes I want him out of the building. Yeah. At, like he's he's fired. And you know, she's so like, he's it's like, Christmas. He's like, yeah, it, it, and he's like, whatever, you know. And like so they 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 bustle him out, and with a stopwatch, he said it's like four minutes and forty seven seconds. When by the time he's on the street, getting kicked, yeah, like off the property. Um, so like we learn, like obviously, not only is this guy crass, he's an asshole. He doesn't yeah. give a shit about Christmas. He's a Scrooge. He's Scrooge. Yeah, he's you know, we we know that it's established. Yeah, and um. So I'm, I'm actually not 100% sure, like, oh, and then we go, like, him giving out his gifts with, uh, like, that's really the next major thing. Yeah. Is he's, he's having to give out his, like, the, the Christmas gifts, and it's like, it, it's... Like, Rather than bonuses. But, he, well, well yeah, yeah, well, first he goes through the Christmas gifts, and it's like, everyone gets a towel unless they did something particularly nice for him, then they get a VCR, and it's, right. he's like, it's like, towel, 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 towel. <sighs> VCR, blah, blah, yeah. towel, 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 towel. And the end, he's like, the rest of them are just towels. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and Grace asks, like, where's, like... Uh, before I go about my Christmas bonus and he's like yeah you get a towel yeah you put know, yourself down for a towel put yourself down for a towel and like so it's really shitty and, and also she says to him this is the first time we hear this part of the story is that he tells her that she has to stay late to work with him and she's like oh well you told me that I, I mean technically late. that comes a, a little bit later but oh, okay. we, can, we can say it now yeah. and he's like if you don't work late you have to work late if I work late you, you have, have to work, work late. late if you work if, if you don't work late I can't work late and yeah. if I can't work late I can't work late but the thing because is his life is yeah, and she she's wants like, to leave because she's supposed to go take her child to the doctor mm-hmm. um um, and it's a it's, she's had yeah. this this appointment for two months and being a parent who has had to do this where you have made an appointment and it's like with oh a my god it's doctor, so hard to get a specialist yeah to get a specialist I mean I know it's in the eighties and the <clears throat> and our insurance messes was wasn't as bad yeah but, but it's, it's still like, like my heart just like right, and, you know and so and as we as we gather and definitely learn later she is not well paid so it's not like she's got like you know like she doesn't have a lot of choices like she's got to go where she can go with yeah. this um and but. To go back, like going back, yeah. okay. So that's that's her. We and then around this time we meet Preston. I think it's Preston Rhinelander, played by uh, by uh, Bob, Robert Mitchum. Yes, you know, legendary actor Robert Mitchum in like one of his last roles. I, I think I think, he, so, I think yeah. he died not long after this. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this movie who died not long after this. Yeah. By the way, um, it, it's a it's a regular Twin Peaks: The Return. Yes, um, but it's. It's got like one of them actually died so so soon after this that she's actually thanked in the credits. Yes, um, you know, like honored in the credits, like it's not thanks, but yeah. um, it like but Robert Mitchum is like I think he's more like the head, like he's the CEO character, yeah, like of the, so of he's the network. yeah he's the CEO guy who's like the overarching head of everything, and he's taking him aside to like basically tell him about ratings and. Like I think this is when he introduces the insanely like the insane bit, and I weirdly enough for this movie, I think my favorite parts of this movie are the not Christmas Carol parts. Yeah, like. More specifically, the insane network stuff, yes. where he's basically saying like, like market research has shown that like, like how many cats and dogs in the U.S. there are, and over like the like that more and more of them are watching TV, so we need to put things in to appeal to them, like like mice and, <laughs> and like and jangling things, things on dangling things on a, dangling string. Things on a st- like. There's a thing about you know Kojak and his lollipops. If we could maybe have uh, you know like. A, a, a detective who dangles things from a string that could be his thing you know <laughs> like it's it's a pretty funny moment because it's 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 a good satire of the way like they chase children in the ratings right you know but um it, like that's a pretty good funny moment it, it, like the pressure is clearly on that like you need to make like like you you're spending a lot of money on this project this needs to be the biggest thing and and this this thing is also we didn't mention it's like a worldwide satellite link thing where there's stuff going on in and like, it's being done live it's done live and there's stuff in like New York and in LA and in like in like 
London and Jerusalem yeah, it's like crazy. and like China. It's like a big like every, like it's going all over the it's world. Epic. Yeah, you know. And the funny thing about it is... They have A.E. Houseman as the narrator also. I was thinking about this and I was like... And I, and I was thinking... Who, if you're from the 80s, you remember A.E. Houseman mainly as the... Not A.E. Houseman. John Houseman. A.E. Houseman's a poet. Yes. John Houseman, you mainly remember from the 80s as... We earned our... We got our money the old-fashioned way. We earned it. Yeah. Which is a lie because if you're a financial firm, you didn't earn a damn dime of that. Um, what, I, what I was thinking about, though, is that it, it's a very interesting uh, parallel to what's happening now with all of the musicals that they're doing that are live, uh, you know, and yeah. broadcast, which I find really interesting. That Because I was thinking, I was like, did they do a lot of that live they stuff They didn't really the do 80s? a lot of live. That had to be a... Just live a television phenomenon. happened, but it was not like... It usually wasn't these big, like, like organized, epic, right. epic things. That's what I was thinking. So it's almost like... That was that was like a, a an inspiration in a way to something that you know brought forth. What are you looking at? Oh, are you okay? Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, inspiration that they brought forth and um, you know into like what our modern day musical these terrible musicals that are coming out, which is actually funny because I it, as of as of the recording of this podcast, so, yeah. they had just and I didn't watch it, but they no. had just. Uh, aired the uh, Christmas Story musical, musical which, I heard, which I've heard, which was, I've heard was really so terrible. bad. Here's the thing: I'm already spent on a Christmas Story. It's been oversaturated yes. over the course of my life. Like when a Christmas Story came out in the '80s, yes. a Christmas Story was not shown that often, right? And that was like, oh, that's a fun little story, and it's a cute little movie. And then like somehow it turned into we have to show it 24 hours Ugh. a day, like seven days a so week, ridiculous. all it December. Got so oversaturated. Like it, 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 it's it's disgusting because it's not it's not a good enough movie to stand up to that much scrutiny over and over again. Right. That's a thing that should be like a once. You should show it once a year. You yeah. should show It's a Wonderful Life once. You should show You Agreed. should show everything once. We have TiVo now. You can freaking record it. Like, just like, you know, like, it's not it's not a thing that should be running constantly. But yeah. that's, that's my two cents on that. Oh, I, I forgot to mention the reason that uh, he's under so much stress from, right. uh, from Preston is that he's bringing in this L.A. guy named Bryce something. Bryce something. I can't. Uh, like, but he's played by the, the legendary John Glover, uh, you know, of... Uh, Gremlins 2 and Smallville and many other things and uh, and Batman and Robin fame. John Glover's a guy who who every time he shows up in something I I am almost always delighted. He always brings his A game, usually playing a weird creep or something or an asshole of some sort or a villainous character in in some way, but uh, but Glover is like this perfect LA 80s like guy and he's he's even got this beautiful um, Alan Davis hair that is a reference for all my comic book nerd fans out there. Like, you know, he's got this great 80s, like, flip haircut with, with bangs, you know, and he's just totally just, he's a sushi guy in the 80s, you know, and let's was, be honest. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, that as I, as I was trying to do, like, there's not a direct one-to-one with all of these characters. There's, like, some of them are, you know, similar to, like John said, yeah. later we're going to meet um, the brother mm-hmm. character who's technically the nephew. That's, nephew but, for, that's Fred the nephew. Fred the nephew. But, but what I was going to say was... <clears throat> In this particular case, I don't think there is, and, and I'm no, there isn't. There's, no, oh, let me finish. I don't think there's a, 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 a any sort of a correlation between the Bryce character or the Robert Mitchum character. No, they're not in in a Christmas. No, they're, so they're they are there to put pressure on the yeah. situation. Well, because which, because uh, Scrooge is an elderly, very wealthy miser, right? Whereas, I mean, obviously, we're, we're to assume Frank is a very successful, like financially person, but he is still young enough. I mean, he's supposed to be probably like. He can't be older than he's not supposed to be older than like forty. He's yeah. a young he's a young executive. Like his thing is he's a heartless eighties go getter. Mm-hmm. Not that he's like you know like he's right. like so he's still swimming. He has to keep swimming. He's a shark. Right. And there's enough like this is the 
<coughs> there's another shark in the water with him who's going to take over from him if he's not careful. If he's not careful, right. And, yeah, Bryce is an interesting character because it's obviously he's self-serving too, but, like, he's much more, like, I, you can tell. He's a glad-hander. But, yeah, but you can honestly tell that, like, Frank is even more threatened by him than, like, he probably even needs to be. Like, Frank could easily handle this guy if he wasn't, like, completely stressed out and paranoid at this right, point. Right, 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 right. You know, um, because, like, this guy is just a little suck-up. He's a little, he's James Spader in, uh, in Baby Boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh, but but Bill Murray is not a you know a woman in the '80s. Bill Murray is a man in the '80s, so he's definitely way way better equipped to deal with this little spader guy. Right on. You know, but um, but anyway, just to make that clear, that's what's yeah. going on. The other thing that's important is that we then meet. Um, we meet. He has, yeah. he has a very brief little encounter with his brother, the the nephew character, which is which is uh, which is, and this is the this is the first of uh, of the basically the entire acting Murray family yeah. appearing in this. Uh, that is Moving Violations' own uh, John, John Murray, Murray, who does a significantly better oh, job yeah. in this movie. Yes. I had forgotten John Murray was in this. Yeah, he did a nice and, job. And like, John Murray is completely, perfectly charming in this movie. Yes. And I think it's because he's not playing Bill Murray. Yes. He's playing off of Bill Murray. Yes, which is... Like, yes. he's actually... He's a foil, and he's playing him as this reserved, quiet, nice guy who just loves his brother and wants him to come, like... Have wants him own. to come have Christmas with his family for once. Yeah. You know? And, like, there is never... Like in this movie, it's set up. You you get the feeling there's never been a reason for there to have been an estrangement. Right. It's just that Bill Murray doesn't care and doesn't right. come home for Christmas. Like it's like <coughs> Bill Murray is more interested in his career than his family. His family doesn't mean anything to him, and you find out why when we get to Christmas Past. But right. but yeah, but but you can see that like John Murray's character is he's a nice guy who's obviously not as financially well off as his brother because right. he doesn't you know like he doesn't care. He's not all eighties out, you know. And he just want like, he's actually fairly charming. I was blown away because John Murray, Jesus Christ, did I hate him in Moving Violations. But yeah. he is completely he's, likable. Yes, very likable. One of, like, like, one of the nicest characters in, in the movie. And I, I guess it's kind of the parallel of Mickey's Christmas Carol is Donald Duck is the biggest asshole in the Disney universe until Mickey's Christmas Carol, in which he plays the sweet, like, nephew. Yes. You know? Oh, the other thing that I was going to say is that... Um, in uh, as that's right, I just <laughs> I just brought in a Donald Duck. It's all good. Reference to call him an asshole. It's okay. So, but this this moment, and I forgot about this moment. They're actually he's walking him to uh, it's, I don't know if he's walking him to a cab or he's walking him to the place where he has to be. Bill Murray's character. Uh, oh God, what a dick! He walks movie in does. and he has to go into this this. Oh, he's getting an award as a, a humanitarian award. Yeah. And he's like getting a trophy for this thing. Yeah. And it's very funny because it, the, the, the trophy a, is actually a, 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 an image of what what we remember of A Christmas Carol when Scrooge actually puts Tiny Tim up on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, that's the Oh, This, that's the this movie does a lot of direct, like, like hey, here's here's a Christmas Carol. Like, there's scenes from other Christmas carols. Yeah. Like, it being played, played in, the in the background on TVs yes. and things. It's brilliant. And it's... Like, like it, it. There is like, and, and I love also this parody of how shitty award ceremonies are and how they're meaningless pats yes. on the back. Like this guy's winning an award for no reason other than it makes him look good, and it makes like he's it a makes, power yeah. that you give powerful people awards like this. Yes. And I love that it means so little to him. He leaves it in the cab. He leaves and there's a the thing cab. where he gets it when he gets in the cab. Like there's an old woman with packages trying to get into the yes. cab, and he stops her and he's like trying to like, oh, you dropped that or whatever. And when she turns around, he just walks right he into the cab and cab. takes it over and yeah. like basically flips her off as yeah. he's leaving. He's like really shitty to her because he's awful. He's and, awful. Like, that's the whole point. So, and so, so, the and also there's some there's some slapstick. And I'm just gonna say it now because I'm gonna forget. Yeah. Running through this movie, there's this whole thing about Bobcat Goldthwait's oh, yeah. character trying like. 
I mean, he succeeds in getting drunk, but he's failing miserably, like over and over again. Like he keeps dropping the. Well, he like, tries to go home, right? and his, his, his wife, wife leaves, leaves him. That, that we don't find that out till later. But basically, he's he, he his wife leaves him. He's losing his home because he apparently he like I we don't question the fact that what a bad relationship that's in. Like I've I've come home from being fired with like you didn't let go. Well, where that's it. You're out. You know what you know? I did? I toasted. Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't yeah. We? Well, it was a shitty job. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but like, like, how bad does your marriage really have to be that your wife will take your child and just leave you instantly if you got fired from your job for being a decent person? person. Right, for doing something like, good. Like, I don't know what's going on in his life, and, you know. And we'll talk about like how the, the this movie ends before like it could get really <laughs> before yeah. that really could make sense. But um, but like you see a lot of slapstick of him like he gets booze and the battle breaks out from under him. He gets splashed by the cab, cab. that Bill Murray's in. Like you yeah. know like like slut slush is like thrown all over him. Like his life is in the shitter it, yeah, for the it's entire. Really it's bad. a running mean spirited uh, like. Like he's just kicked around by life for the yeah. for, for most of the movie, like in like just in the background of things, he just shows up and screws and up. And bad things happen. And so uh, the other piece I wanted to point out was that we do we do end up finding out that somehow um, uh, Al- Alfred Woodard's character makes it to the doctor with her son, and she's carrying him out of that. What well, looks like an L train to me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's well, they have elevated trains yeah. in it. That means she lives in the boroughs. She doesn't live right. in Manhattan. Yeah. They're, they're, so they're, they're she's coming down down with him, and she's talking to this little boy. He's like about four. And I she, think he's older than that. Is he? he saw like you find out later it was five years since what he saw. Oh right, so he's so probably he's, he's probably like seven, set, seven yeah. or eight, you know. Um, but anyway, so he's a little boy, and, and she you know makes she's making comments as she's walking down, which is actually a good way to do this exposition because she's saying to him like like I needed a doctor to tell me that you you don't talk. I know you don't talk. Well, that's part of the problem. That's why we brought you to him. And you begin to find out that this little boy has never uttered a word. Right. Yeah. And yeah, like. And it seems like he might be being coded as autistic at first, but you find out later that's not that's it at not all. That's not the situation. And in fact, you, you, in hindsight, you realize the doctor he's seeing is clearly a psychiatrist yes. or a psychologist of yes. some sort. Yes, um, But we'll learn why later. Well, right. And uh, so anyway, now that's setting up for the <clears throat> appearance of, of the Marley character. Yes. I'm gonna just... so, so basically, after the humanitarian thing and he leaves the, the, the trophy in the car, he ends up back at his office. We never... He, have you noticed? We've never made... We never see... Murray's current home. No, you never once. You never, you never see his home. You see because his, his home is the office. I guess that's true. Yeah, like it's not Scrooge going home to his big mansion that's empty and full of like thread, like you know. Thread yeah, he literally. Stuff. We know ne- we only see any remnants of where he used to live back before he was mm-hmm. so successful. And that's what we're about. Well, not about to not see. Yet, but no, what we're in, the. We are introduced at this point, you know, with with some horror, you know, at the doors like buckling with, yeah. uh, under this noise, like these metal doors getting dented, and then bussing in. It's the ghost of Lou Hayward, his old mentor, who's like looks like is like incredibly made up. They're like look like kind of this weird golf zombie. You know, he's dragging his dust coming off of him, and he's dragging a golf bag. Like he's cracking. He's wearing like golf clothes. Yeah, you know, and it, and you find out, yeah, it's it, like basically. Short story is Lou Hayward was his mentor, and uh, you played see, by John Forsythe. By John Forsythe of uh, Dynasty's fame, TV's Dynasty fame, and um, uh, I think he was in. Might have been Days of Our Lives. Uh, he no, was in I, one of them. Really? Was remember. he? All the children? I don't remember. Maybe I don't know, but he was in Dynasty is yeah. the main reason that people yeah. would know him from the '80s, and uh, he was also in um, Kitten with a Whip, the Mystery Science Theater movie with Anne Margaret. 
uh, from the 50s or early 60s where he was aggressively bland as yes. they must remain bland uh, but it, like he's he, like he's basically this hor- horrifying corpse he's got sunglasses on and at one point he t- like lowers them and you realize he's got like empty eye sockets yeah, it's you terrifying. know he's like dust comes off him when he moves his skin's peeling you know and you, you learn he had a heart attack on a golf course that's how he died he was his mentor he taught him everything he knew about and you know he real like and it's the Marley story like I didn't know like I should have cared about others I screwed up and I, it's a very like he's much more <coughs> brutal and gross than you expect in like a like a, you know like a Dickens story yeah. like like at one point like there's it, it, this is so disturbing because it's like he turns his back he turns his back and like goes to drink like get some booze yeah and like Bill Murray had a gun in his drawer he like shoots him in the back multiple times and the guy says basically like. Like, basically, he's like, you shoot me, but be careful about the Bacardi. Yeah. You know, like, and he pours out this drink, and he's drinking it, and it comes out of his bullet holes, yeah. which you, you knew was going to happen. But then you see this, there's this moment that is so disturbing and yeah. weird, where he's like, he sees the back of his head while he's talking, and this golf ball just bubbles out of the back of his head, which at first you think maybe he was hit to death by a golf ball. But then, like, a mouse, mouse. like... Climbs out and then come, goes back in, yeah. and it's just like, what the? Fu-? It's yeah, like, what is going on? What I guess. Body I mean, I guess that having? was. I guess so. The pets watching got something interesting. There you go. That's what it was. But it was a very weird. It was a very moment. weird moment. But the other, the other thing I was going to say, <laughs> and, and, then, and this is just a just a sidebar of this moment, is that every time we see Bill Murray drink something, he's drinking uh, uh, silver Bacardi and Tab. Ugh. Which is the most eighties eighties that ever eighties oh, yeah. eighties. Oh yeah. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. But anyway, yeah. So like, and uh, we do the whole thing. He's threatened. He's threatened about the like. You know, you're gonna be visited by three spirits. Bill Murray rejects him, and at one point, like Forsyth grabs him and pushes him through the window, oh, and, yeah. and it like melts, like melts through him. It doesn't like break, and he's over like the cliff, and he's holding on the arm, and the arm starts breaking, breaking. off. It's so body like horror. the bone and like the Whoa. sinew is falling apart, and he fall. It breaks off, and he falls, and he wakes up in the chair. Yeah, and then you in see the, chair, the phone in his office. In his office, and like, and the phone starts dialing itself, and it rings, and Claire—that's her name. Claire, his uh, his ex, Karen, his Allen. ex, Karen Allen, and like it's, the it's bell her machine. It's her machine, yeah. and he goes to the phone. And he's like, uh, Claire. and he starts talking to her, like, oh my god, something. I just wanted to talk, and like he starts rambling. And as he's talking, he looks around and realizes that his office is pristine. Everything's like, there's, back to normal. Everything's back to normal. The door's not messed up. There's no broken bottles and glass and bullet holes. You know, everything's, yeah. everything's normally, and he's kind of like, okay. And like, and then he goes back to his life. And, 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 and he says, like, he was told that at noon, noon at noon, every day, at, well, no, yeah, noon yeah. tomorrow yeah, noon is tomorrow. basically, yeah. you're going to, that's when you're going to see your first spirit. Yeah. And, and he, so he, he goes through his day. He's got his, his lunch appointment with, yeah. with, you know, with Christmas past. And he, no, he not just, yet. no, well, that's when his lunch appointment's going to be. Right, right, like, right. Like he's got this appointment with Christmas past, but he's going to live, do his, do his, his the rest of his day and right it, and he gets uh, called into a meeting a lunch meeting with well, with, uh, Pres- with, with, Preston with Preston and Bryce well he doesn't know Bryce is coming oh yeah no it's yeah he's eating with Bryce again he's and he, it's so it's so funny like, the way he's ordering is he's trying to figure out what to order to match his superior right like, like he's doing a total kiss ass move of trying to just be like what he's doing you know and then of course Bryce shows up and like is like immediately orders like the dairy free California plate yeah you know and like. And uh, Lou gets the rack of lamb, and I can't remember what Bill Murray orders. I don't think he actually orders. That's I don't think he problem. does either. Yeah, but he, they bring him his highball that he ordered because because uh, they both ordered highballs at the beginning, and uh, like the highball has an eyeball in it, um, and he's like he freaks out. By the way, I don't think that was a highball. That actually looked like it was in a lowball glass. Yeah, it did. But he like freaks out and starts shrieking, just shrieking and shrieking and shrieking, 
and everyone's like, "What? What is your? What, what's your deal? Like, you know?" And the what, waiters are like, I'll, "I'll stick it away from you. It's fine. It's no problem. It's no problem. I'll get you another one." And then like, and, and then you see like as the waiter's picking it up, you see it's just ice. Yeah. It's not an eyeball at all. And then he looks over and he sees like there's like a guy whose arm is on fire from baked Alaska. And, and then, yeah, and they like they, they look over and it's just baked Alaska, and he's so still funny. seeing this guy running around on fire. So, so it's an and he, at one point, he grabs like he grabs the waiter and says like, "Are you the ghost?" At first, he accuses Bryce of yeah. being the ghost, yeah, basically, and he accuses the waiter. And then he gets up and he throws water on the guy he thinks is on fire, who isn't. Yeah, and the guy's just like, um, pff, uh, "What?" You yeah. know. And then he basically like basically just leaves the restaurant freaked out runs down calls a cab yep. and as he pulls into the cab the cab is full of smoke and weirdness and turning around you know it's like where to mac is david johansson of the new york dolls yes. also known in the 80s as buster poindexter of hot 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 fame and yes. known probably to ally as gunther tootie in that car 54 remake no, it's not. You never saw that, did you? No, I never saw no, it. But he would not. make a perfect Gunther. He was Gunther Tootie, and Fred Gwynn was uh, was Muldoon. I mean, well, no, Fred Gwynn was not Muldoon. Brad Garrett was. I was Muldoon. about to say Fred Gwynn was the original, the original Muldoon. Muldoon. I said that. Yeah, he, he yeah, he's uh, but um, but anyway, yeah, it was a terrible movie. But he definitely is kind of a Gunther Tootie guy. He's a perfect guy. Gunther Tootie. That's know. amazing. But um, you know, God, but, what uh, good but, casting. But David Johansson is like disgusting in this oh, movie. He's it's horrible. amazing. He's got these yellow ass teeth. You know, and like he's, so he says, and, 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 and David Johansson already has like a terrifying face. He is not a pretty man. No. So basically, he so basically, and he has Bill, oh, his elf ears. I just want to add that. Yes. So basically, Bill Murray says to him, uh, you know, take me home, and you, you just assume that he knows where home is, but he starts driving totally erratic. And like, and there's like he's driving like a crazy person. They're swerving and like whatever, breaking into things, and then and, and, and like as he's going, the fare is changing, and it's changing, it's and it's dropping, dropping from 1988, 1987, whatever, and it goes back, back to, to 1955, I believe. Like that. Oh. Because when he's four years old, back, back, back to good old. Oh back my to the god, future. it totally was. Good but old he's back a, to the but future. he was four years old, which yeah. means that his character is one year younger than my father, which means he is actually thirty-seven when this movie. Oh, is Oh, there you go. I just realized that. So he's supposed to be. Th- he's supposed to be four years younger. Th- Bill Murray in this movie is supposed to be four years younger than us. Yeah, because I see that. I didn't yeah. see all the pancake on his face. Now that we have. Oh my! Him. Well, Bill Murray has a and, and has always like uh, even back when he was on SNL, Bill Murray has always had a very pockmarked face. Yes. I don't know if he either had very bad acne as a youth or if he had like chicken pox or something but he, his face is very pitted yeah. and this movie they they smooth him they smooth out, him out like and he's got a lot of guy liner going yeah, on yeah there's too. a lot going on in yeah, this movie he's a, he looks a little bit like Robert Smith with a, with a, with a balding mullet so, but, um, so he does take him home but he takes him home to 1955 and, 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 and uh, we should describe like his full his sure. full deal he's dressed in that old fashioned cabbie kind of outfit yeah. he's got like the hat but it's cocked back because you know he still has that Buster Poindexter pompadour yes. thing going on in the front and honest to god this is a role that could have also been played by Tom Waits I was He's Same got like thing. the fingerless hobo yes, gloves. It's, totally it, it's a very Tom yes. Waits scene. So like Tom Waits could have easily done this role. Yeah, too, either you know? one of them. Yeah, so right, where to Mac? Yeah. You know, and it and he takes him like to like you said to take take you home. Here you are, you yeah. know, and it's it's his home in 1955, and you know, and he's like, I thought they tore this neighborhood down. He's like, they did, yeah. and it's like he's that's when he realizes he's in the past, and he goes and he realizes it's like ghost of Christmas past on the cab on the yes. cab license, you know, and. So they end up going like this is the the first place they go is home. His home is when he was four years old. He's watching television, you know. He's just staring at the TV. And, oh, and... I have to interrupt for one second. There's <coughs> a moment in this movie where, and I don't remember when it happens, but this is. I, I feel like we already knew this at this point. He tries to tell a story, and every time he tells a story, no, no, that's later. Oh, it's later. It's okay, later. sorry. No, it, it comes later. Um, the, the, it, it's with Christmas past, um, oh, but not right. yet. This oh yeah, it comes thing. out right. Yeah, so he like basically. 
he's at home. He's sit, watching TV. His mother's sitting at home, and yes. his mother's pregnant. And um, his father comes in. His father is actually played by his older brother Brian which Doyle is Murray. Really funny, you know. And he's like, and he gives him his Christmas present, which is a big slab of veal. <laughs> from the, obviously, his father's a butcher. He's yeah. got like his father's got the apron, so it's like a piece of meat from his butcher shop. Yeah. is his gift. And, you know, and you see, like, his parents fighting and whatever, and you see him cry. And, like, Bill Murray had said, like, not Bill Murray, the ghost had said, you know, like, every time, like, people come and see it, they get the waterworks. And, yeah. you know, like, Bill Murray's crying just almost immediately watching. Well, because his mother His, his mother's, mother's pregnant, and, and he's being, like, her, his, her father's, like, blowing him off on Christmas Eve. And, and she turns around and she says, I'm going to go to bed. And then she turns around to her son and she says, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Frankie, don't stay up too late. And then... You know, um, she says, I love you. And yeah, and he's like, this yeah. beautiful moment. And then, like, when he leaves, he's, like, explaining the reason he's crying is because that was, like, 40 or $50 worth of veal in modern pricing. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you know, and I, and then he gets slapped ahead. The cab the cab goes up to 1968. And he is in an, he's in Mad Men. It's yeah. an office party. And it is so gross. And it's funny because this is presented kind of like it's a fun party. But, like, it's you so, skipped like. skipped over my moment, though. Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I'm sorry. Yeah, like it, the big the big moment is he's like so you know like you know like you know like he he basically says like and so that like that like so you, there you did you did nothing with your childhood but sit and watch TV the, your entire you know, your entire childhood like withered away on that you know and he's like no I did and he starts telling the things he'd done I can't remember what specifically yeah. he did. he's like I you know, like I there was a time I did this or that and he's like. That was the kid from the courtship of Eddie's father. Yeah. You know, and like, what about the time I did this? Like, that was, you know, like, that was a Partridge family or yeah, whatever. Right. Like, it's basically like everything, every memory. That was, he, that was, uh, oh, no. He's like, what about the time I was running down to meet that? That was Little House of the Prairie. That was the opening of Little House of the Prairie. Such a great moment. So, like, basically, like, all he did as a kid was watch TV. And then you see him, it's night, we go up to 1968. Yes. We're in Mad Men. Yes. And Bill Murray has a surprisingly large mullet for a 1968 business guy. Yeah. I mean, he's not a business guy yet. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, like the, the male, male guy. Male clerk. And like it's like this swinging party. There's it's there's, the Fezziwig party. Yeah, it's the Fezziwig party. Um, it's weird. It's weird his... as John Forsythe is both Marley and Fezziwig. I noticed that. I was like, that's because John Forsythe is. It, you've got young, like well, not young. He's still like old, yeah. but handsome John Forsythe in his ascot and smoking jacket. Like it's his Playboy party. Yeah. And like it's honestly like all the office girls are like xeroxing their the butts, panties. It's, yeah, it's, it's 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 so trashy and yeah. like like. It, but it is basically a total, it's a smoke-filled office full of, like, everyone drunk. And... They're not snorting Coke. It's 1968. <laughs> they're, they're drinking highballs. But it, it is definitely not, it's not a Coke party. No, it's it not is a Coke party. It is, but it's definitely a drunken, slutty office party. Yes. And he's like, you know, and, 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 and Murray's more concerned with getting his filing done and getting his work done. And, uh, and forth like, it's like, I, did I, did you notice it was Christmas and then there's, there's a party, party going on? Yeah. And he's, he's actually trying to get him to have fun, yeah. which is weird. You, you get the feeling John Forsythe isn't even nearly as bad as like, as, as Murray is. And he's yeah. like, well, the Forsythe doesn't have to drag any chains around. He's just to drag a golf bag. That's true. But, um, but anyway, like he ends up leaving the, um, oh, I forgot to mention before this, all this happens, he did run into Karen Allen. Oh yeah, because she comes to see him and she calls him lumpy. Yeah, and she's like, and, and, yeah. and like, and he's and he's like, kind of like, well, everything's fine now. And like, yeah, yeah you see him yelling at people on the set. And like, yeah, he goes down to the set of of Scrooge. Yeah, to, to... and like at one point he actually yells at um, Alfred Woodard's kid. Yes, because he he's doesn't in... know who he is, and he's like, "That's my son. I thought he would come in and have fun watching." And he's like, "I thought he had fun like watching on a TV set." And he's like, "No one's having fun on a TV set." Yeah. Like... So anyway, forgot to say that, but that's important because now also, we get to see the other important moment here is what. Karen foresees the first down, the real downfall <coughs> of, of uh, Bill she, Murray's character because she, oh, the guy she hasn't walks, talked to him in 15 years. She's talked but... to him 15 years and in walks one of the guys with these mice because the whole thing of like, oh, oh God. We have, to, we have to have, you know, mice in the 
and, and the he's like so trying the, to put antlers on the, the mice, mice and he's like the crazy glue won't work yeah and, and he's like just staple, staple them. them yeah and she's like no you will not do that you know like and she's sweet and nice and she's like you will not hurt these things you know and like so you see you you realize they you know like they were together and then they grew apart and it's been 15 years since you've spoken to him right and then it goes to goes back to uh to, but we, back we're going to back Christmas to what, yeah, we're yeah. jumping. So backwards. he leaves the party because he's going to go pick up something at the store, and he like he like walks this is through the, the door. Party. Yeah, yeah. He walks through like he runs into Karen Allen as they're going in and out of the like door. They, they both slam. Him, yeah. Like she bangs him with the door. He falls down. She's like, "Oh, you got a lump on your head," and obviously that's how he got his nickname. Name and they're like, "There's this whole meet cute thing where they they bonk heads again because he's going to bend over. To, they both bend over to pick up something of hers at the same time and." They do a back and forth, and it's it's like oh that's very cute, and it's like and he had oh and, oh and he had basically said like there was a whole thing like where he, like he had already said to someone who wanted to go get Chinese food with him who was obviously hitting on him yeah he had said like oh Chinese food that's that's just you know like they they make it out of cats and yeah. like whatever the eighties joke and you know and it's gross and it's bad for you and it, like mm-hmm. whatever and um and then she's like want to go get Chinese and he's oh, like, he says it to her he says you want to go get Chinese and she's like yeah I I have a, she's she like, she's no. like I have a thing to do yeah but. And then, but like you know, you get the it, idea that they're gonna meet up again. They like like they basically is like, well, are you gonna shop? Do you shop here regularly? Because I'll know to like whatever. And basically, we cut ne- we cut again one more year. Yeah, they're obviously they're together. They're in their tiny apartment. I mean, it's still With a, a big swing. apartment. Swing. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Not a sex swing though. No, like a regular like, <coughs> they're like a wooden in, like, swing. They're in like their obvious studio apartment. It's a big studio, but it's still a studio. And they're like you know, and you see like they're like getting together and giving each other like. Like a gift, gifts for Christmas, and he's like, you know, like he doesn't really understand. She's like, well, like, like it's like, let's open the presents, and she does. He gets her Ginsu knives from, as seen on TV. Yes, um, you know, and uh, she gets him uh, the Kama Sutra, and uh, we, we do not need to picture Bill Murray having sex. That yeah. is a thing that never needs to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, yeah sexual but, um, innuendo, and that you know, like you, you know, you they're they're kind of being all like. You know, like they're having they're having a you know like a sweet little two person Christmas together in New York, two young people in love, and then we jump ahead a little bit more, and Karen Allen's in the bath smoking a joint. No, that was that same. That was that same, same thing? thing. Oh no, yeah, you're right. That he was gets her out of the bath. Oh, that's right. No, now we jump to it's like 1970, and now he's on the set, like at 70, 72, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's like 71 or 72, and he's on the set of a kids show, and I can't remember who played the host, but it was one of those that guys that you see in things. He probably played a Maytag repairman at least once. Probably. Um, but like it's it's you see like it's the set of this kids show. Called Frisbee the dog. Frisbee the dog and like like and it's every time you sit like this, this ends up badly. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> but um, he like like you see like it, it's this dumb like low budget seventies kids show and. Um, you, you find out he's the guy in the dog suit and he's all sweaty and gross and all the kids like and like John Forsythe comes during a during the commercial break to invite him and his girl to dinner yeah. that night with and he, he Forsythe's taking is, is like my wife and my secretary will be there and it's like your wife's out of town oh I guess it'll just be you and me uh-huh. you know like and it's like but it's obviously like oh god dinner with the boss this is yes, important and meanwhile Karen Allen shows up like right afterwards to say hi to him and she and he's like hey we're gonna do dinner with the boss and she's like, but we have plans. Yeah, with our and it's best like, friends. it's like, and he's like, well, it's the dinner with the boss. They, we can reschedule. It's like it's Christmas Eve. We've been planning it for months, you know. And he's like, but I, you know, like, and it turns out she's like, and this is when she basically like breaks up with him. She's like, I think we need to, we need to take a break from each other. You know, you need to like, you need to do what you need to do. And he's like, well, maybe after I'll see you. And like that, really, that's the end. It's like he chooses. He chooses like ambition over ambition her. over yeah you know, like he chose you know you chose frisbee over her 
you know, and like you basically, I think that is the end of the past stuff. And he is shot back in, like, boom. And this stuff is pretty breakneck, by the way. Yes. Like, it, like... It, it goes really fast. And, like, it's, like, quick cut, quick cut to these scenes. Much faster than we're t- selling it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, I, like we get back. And I don't remember if there's anything, like, outside of that plot that we really need to no, know. No, there's not. Uh, and then we're introduced, like, not soon, not long after we're introduced to Christmas, the Ghost of Christmas Present, which is uh, the delightful Carol Kane with fairy wings. Oh, oh, he does go to her, the homeless shelter. You need to know that. Does that happen at this point? Before that. Oh, He right. goes to the homeless shelter and, like, to see that, that Karen Allen works at to, to see I, her. Oh, yeah, he because he feels he's bad like, about no, all that. And he's like, no one could be that good. And he goes yeah. to, like, see her and prove that. And he's going to tell her off. Like, yeah. I didn't, you know, you didn't, how dare you? You First of all, you left me. And yeah. he walks in and he sees, like, they're actually, like, she's working with these, like, the moment he walks in because he's ranting to himself. Yeah. Like, these people grab him and put a blanket on him. Oh, we'll get you some coffee. Everything's okay. You know, like, they think he's just, like, a homeless man. Seymour Bobby had Goldplay in the background getting, like, life screwing him over. Right. And you meet these three homeless people. Um, what, two are played by Anne Ramsey and her husband. Um, Anne Ramsey being, if you don't know that name, she is... The uh, Mama Ma Fratelli from uh, from the Goonies, from the Goonies. Uh, Mama from Throw Mama from the Train. Um, this was uh, probably her last movie it because was. this is the that she is she is yeah, she had a very short run as like a well known actress, but she was in a lot of stuff in the mid eighties as like a weird mean old lady. Yeah. But this time she's a homeless lady and she's sweet. But she's uh, you know because Anne Ramsey was a very like not attractive woman who had a weird voice and was old you know. But it like she had a look that they wanted in movies for a while. Um, but she and her husband are that's a homeless couple, and um, and there's also a third person there, Michael J. Pollard, and um, and basically the three of them are like they, for some reason they think he's Richard Burton, yeah, it's and they treat him like he's Richard Burton, yeah. and, and Bill Murray does a Richard Burton impression, which is and, actually very funny, yeah, pretty good Richard Burton impression. And uh, but anyway, he talks to her, he realizes she's done a homeless, and on his way out, the Michael J. Pollard is asking for some money to get a, get a, to get a coffee or something. Like a couple of bucks, and or like, and and um, yeah. What happened before you get there? The, when they're in the homeless shelter, he's he invited her to go out with him, and she says that she would love to go because he's like, maybe you know, I, maybe I regret some of the things that I've done in my past, and maybe you know, I want to start again. So it looks like they're going to get back together. And, and then there's and an then, emergency. Yeah, uh, they don't have the, they don't have their food. They don't have uh, the candles or whatever. It was the food. The, well, there was, was two the, things. I yeah, think. Was there was it. two things like A and B didn't send the food. They don't have like whatever they don't, they don't have some things. And he's like, well, just call them, just buy it. You know, yeah. you don't need these people to do it. Come with me. Like he puts, he's trying to put himself ahead of her, and she's obviously trying to help a bunch of people. Right. And and she's like, just wait. Five minutes. They're I volunteers, can fix it. and and, yeah. he, and he just says, "Forget it," and leaves. Yeah. And that's that. Then that's when he goes back to the set, and he runs into Carol Kane. Before that happens, though, that's when my, Michael J. Pollard says, "Can I have a couple bucks?" Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he says, "No, nah, nah, you yeah. know." Yeah. Oh, and he tells the last thing he tells to uh, to Karen Allen basically oh, yeah. is, you know, like like I can't remember the exact basically words he used. Scrape. Like scrape these people off. You know, there's only you 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 know the only person who's going to take care of you is yourself, right? Or whatever, you know, and and so he is. Um, you know, like she's she she gets the hell out of the, uh, like he gets the hell out of Dodge. He rejects Michael J. Pollard's, uh, you know, asking for a couple of bucks, yep. and he goes back to the set. Back to the set. He ha- I think he has another prop. Like oh, he goes to the set right. Like he hadn't been there, and so Bryce called a break. Yes, and then like he gets to the that. set, and the set's empty. Like like except for Bryce, and he's like he's like. I don't, you don't call the breaks. I call the breaks. He's like, you want, like, you want me to call them back? And he gets like the megaphone, like, everybody come back. And he's obviously being kind of a shit because yeah. they're already gone. You know, he's like, you know, like he, he basically like, like he's like, get out of here, you know, whatever. I mean, I got this. And like, he's obviously losing it. Yes. Big you time. know, big time. And that's when he runs into uh, Carol, Carol Kane, Kane, the ghost of Christmas present. 
you know, and she basically beats the living shit out of him. Like, Which is really her, funny. Like, and that's how she transfers him from place to place is she punches him and he flies through the air and lands on the ground at that place. Right. And like she punches, he punches her. She, she, he goes, I, I don't remember who he goes to first. Uh, let's just do. I think he goes to his brother. I think he goes to his brother. And you see his brother's family and they're playing Trivial Pursuit on Christmas. At, like, and like they, like basically he They keep walk- getting television and entertainment questions. Yeah, they keep getting television and entertainment questions and they're getting them wrong. Like, like the name of the, and I, I was annoyed at this too. Like, how do you not know the name of the boat from Gilligan's Island? You didn't know. Well, I've never seen the show. How have you not seen Gilligan's Island? I've never seen it. You've seen fucking Savannah Smiles. You've seen and Anna to the, the Infinite, Infinite Power. Power. You've seen The Binnaker Gang, which I'm still not convinced is real. <laughs> and you haven't seen an episode of Gilligan's Frigging Island. It's in the Gilligan. opening credit. It's in the song. They name it in the song. I know, I don't the minnow remember. would be lost. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh my I God. I saw that show. Write in and tell Allie how wrong she is for this. <laughs> It's not that it's a good show. It's just how did you miss this chunk of pop culture if you grew up in the 80s? Because as everyone knows, the 80s, despite what Ready Player One would tell you, as everyone knows, the 80s were actually a melange of like freaking boomer nostalgia and old cartoons. It was really stupid. I never watched it. Well, Binnaker Gang was pretty stupid. You still watched it? It was a movie. It wasn't like an ongoing stupid It was always on on reruns. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to sit and passively open your eyes while watching television and you would eventually see Gilligan's Island. To what? What were you changing it to? Silver Spoons? Yeah. Baby. I never saw an episode of Silver Spoons. There you go. All right. <laughs> they must have been Small running at the same time. Maybe? Well, I definitely watched a lot of But no, Small Wonder was airing right on Saturday mornings after the cartoons. Maybe in your network. Well, it was a syndicated show, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. It aired whenever. But um what about Out of This World? Did you did you watch Out of This World? I think a little bit. Not not as much. The one with the, the mayor with, and the daughter who was an alien. Was that the one with the, it had, it the had, glowing uh, it had Doug McClure? Was that the one with the glowing like like crystal on the side that she talked to her mother, uh, her father, somebody. Her mother, her mother was the mayor oh. of the town. She talked to somebody in the crystal. That was probably. Her. I, I don't remember this part, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Maybe I that know. was a different show. Uh, crystal Blue Persuasion. No, that's a song. <laughs> that's a song by Tommy James and the Shondells. If you guys um, know which show I'm talking about, where somebody has is it a- nearly departed with Eric Idle? No, no. Um, she's the sheriff with uh, <laughs> Suzanne Summers. No, that uh. That Easy Street, that show about the hobo played by Jackie Lamb who who wins the lottery or, or inherits a million dollars or something and has Lonnie Anderson in it too? I'm going to let you decide if this is correct. Mr. Smith, the show about the chimp that uh, is basically a de facto president of the United States? I'm just going to look at you. Okay. That's good. Um, um, anyway. So they go, to, they go to his house anyway, it's and like, they're playing. And they, they end up opening their gifts and there's a, there's actually a gift. Like, you know, like they're, they're like, why do you, like, why do you even buy? Like, he's like, I wish, I wish Frank was here. And it's like, why? Why, James? He's, he, you know, like he's, he doesn't care. Oh, and his wife is Wendy Malick. Wendy James Malick. Is, James's wife is Wendy Malick. Yeah. TV is Wendy Malick. Yes. Um, TV and voiceover. Wendy Malick. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of those voiceovers are on TV. Um, so, I punch you. In fact, all of them are on TV. Uh, so she's TV. Some movie. of them are movies. What movie did she do a voiceover in? Oh, oh, really? Oh, you don't remember, do you? No, I don't. What movie? It's a movie. It is a movie. It yeah. is a Disney movie, as a matter of fact. Oh, oh, voice acting. That's yeah. You're right. Okay, but you know what? You saw that on TV. So it's still <laughs> a fucking movie. What is wrong with you? <coughs> Nobody actually saw that in the theaters. And also, she's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but that was in the 80s. That was before people realized she was more of a TV personality. Until she was in Dream On. Dream On, yeah. Dream On? Was she in Dream On? Wasn't she the wife in Dream On? I didn't watch Dream On. I didn't have HBO in the 90s. She was the wife in Dream On. No, no. All I know about Dream On, all I know about Dream On was when it when they Ryan sanitized. Ben ben. 
Yeah, all I know is that they sanitized it out of all the nude scenes. That was the only point it existed for, and then yeah. put it on Comedy Central. And Which I didn't watch. So and I didn't watch it then, but I saw a lot of commercials for it in my old MST tapes. Uh -huh. um, but um, I watched it on HBO. Anyway, they I saw the nude. They scenes. get they open they. Well, that's the only reason to watch it. They were hot. Yeah. They open uh, Brian Binbin though. Why would I know. You, why would you allow yourself to keep that as a stage name? Um, <laughs> Jesus, Daryl Dragon. Why did you change it to the captain? God, so stupid. Okay, so uh, they, but James ends up opening up a VCR. Like, Which we know he was not supposed to get. Yeah, and, 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 and it's like, and Bill Murray looks a little peeved that Grace gave him a VCR after all, and he's like, fine, fine, keep it. I don't care, you know. And of course, they can't hear him. Because, they can't hear yeah. him, obviously. Yeah, well, everyone knows that. Yeah. The, you know, he's obviously a there, trope. but not there. Right. And um, anyway, that's. that's so then you, he, hear, you hear rumblings then, because Wendy Malik asks what he gave him, and he's like, she's like, oh yeah, you gave him that picture. But we don't know what that picture is. Did she say that picture? Yeah. I, I, I just, yes, yeah. I heard her say that. Okay. Yeah, you know, or he says, I gave her that picture. So I, I, thought he, I thought he said, I gave him something. I thought, it doesn't I, I thought matter. It it's, it's, it's alluded to. <coughs> I would say, I would honestly say that if they said that picture, it was a mistake because then you it, it ruins the impact. Of That's what, what I heard because then when I was like, well, what picture did he get? Okay, then? well, I guess I, I guess I miss. I or guess I missed. No, it. you made him that picture. I think is what they said because yeah. he ended up when you see it later, you yeah. know why. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah, but anyway, doesn't matter. Like, does we're done with that. We jump. We jump to Grace and we see that Grace is a Grace is a crowded family. Uh, there is no father. She's obviously a single mother. She has a, a, another female relative, probably a sister or an aunt yeah. or something. And she's got multiple children, of which um, I can't remember the name of the, the Tiny Tim kid. He's not named Tiny Tim. No. None of the names match. No. They don't map the names, which is good because they're yeah. doing a production of the actual Christmas right. Carol. You know, but anyway, um, you get um, the end. The, the Basically, you get her family and you see in, how much love is in the house and they, and they can't afford a christmas tree yeah like so they've got the kid dressed up as a tree and he looks real sad and it's just like oh what like yeah. that that moment was a little like what yeah. is going on you monsters and there's like a lot of tickle fighting and yeah. and and you see zerberting that let's not use the bill cosby term is that a bill cosby term? that's where i learned it from from the oh. cosby show we used to say that as a kid i never knew that that was a bill cosby thing yeah but, but anyway yeah the, you know, the raspberry on the belly yeah you know um you know like they do a lot of that to the oldest brother and like they're you know, and you see, basically you see like them talking about how like, like her boss is like her Christmas bonus, like the, whatever near Christmas bonus. Yeah, she's, and she's, she's washing she's, her wa hair. She's dry, yeah, she's drying yeah, her, her hair, hair off and she's like, I'm using it. And it's yeah. a, a towel emblazoned with the yeah. IBC on it. And the name of, which I, I know, I don't know if we ever made clear that's the name of the network, but that's the name of the network. Um, so, you know, like basically you see like, they, you see her worrying about Tim and how like she like and how like he hasn't spoke. And you learn he hasn't spoken in five years since he watched his father get killed. And so, like, and and uh, he's like, you know, like, and and he's like, I didn't know she was, you know, I didn't know she had a husband or whatever that he died, and and she's like, remember when she wore black, black for, for a year? year? And he's like, I thought that was a fashion thing, yeah, you know, like, so like, he, like. So he sees all this awful stuff happen. <clears throat> was there another present thing that he saw? Oh, he saw Karen. Oh, wait, no, he saw Karen Allen. Uh, trying to make ends meet or trying to help people, I think. I don't, I don't know if he saw them, but it, like it ends. I, I whatever happens, he sees a couple other things, and then it ends with him in like he's under like under the street. Yeah, like, you he's see in a, a grate, sewer grate, like in a sewer grate, and he's down below, and he sees the the homeless guy played by Michael J. Pollard is just sitting there with a grin on his face, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Like, like whatever, and he realizes like he's frozen, like he's frozen, frozen to death. Yeah, he's frozen solid. Like with a grin on his face, he's holding his hand out, like you know, like, and you know, like, and and Murray delivers this monologue that's obviously he's talking to himself. He's like, "You should have stayed with her. She'd have kept you warm. Why did you do this, you idiot?" And he's really angry 
you know, that he's like basically like this guy that he like, and it's also like this guy asked him for money and he said no, and now this guy is frozen to death. And you see him stagger and get out of the, like he finds the way out and like, like when he, when he forces the door open, he staggers onto the set. Right. And it's like just before airtime. Right. And like, he's like freaky, freaking out and being crazy, you know, and like whatever, you know, and like, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, dude, whoa, Frank, why don't you just go and like, and Preston is there. I think like oh he's about to leave but like because he you see Preston watching it on his television yeah he watches so. it at home but, like like they're like what calm down Frank why don't you go to your office you know like whatever like and he he goes he's like yeah I'm gonna go to my office he's gonna calm down and as he opens the elevator door this towering figure in a black robe and a skull face is there in the elevator and he freaks out and like ah you ah you know like it's you you know like whatever bring it whatever like I like and. Everyone's like, what? And like the guy cowers and like they pull him away and you find out it's just the actor playing Christmas Future in the actual movie. Right. That, uh, like the actual the, special the that special, they're doing. Right, in the live special. And so they're like, you know, like he's freaking out and whatever. And he goes up to his office. I don't know if there's really much in between this and now that we're talking about. So he goes up to his office. You see him like sitting. There's this big bank of TVs. And then like there's this whole bit where like behind him on the TV, a skull face appears on the, and moves across the entire rack of TVs. Yeah. And then a hand comes out. A hand through. comes out. And. Ultimately, he ends up like, like ultimately, like the door opens and in comes Bobcat Goldplate with a shotgun. All going as you will, postal. Yeah, he's yeah he's lost his mind. That's where you learn his wife left him, and he's almost and he's coming basically to murder Bill Murray. Yeah, and he's very drunk and he's just shooting and like missing and Bert Murray's running like hell. He's like, can I get a running start? There's actually a moment where he's reloading his gun and Murray just runs by him, and I'm like. Like, that's a bit of a weird moment for me because I'm thinking, okay, Bill Murray is, like, a head taller than Bobcat Goldthwait, and this guy's got an unarmed, like, got a gun that's, that, that, like, he's clearly having to fumble and reload. That's the time you knock him the hell over yeah. and take the gun away. Yeah. You know, like, because, I mean, you could do that, uh, like, easily. Like, but anyway, like, he reloads, Bill Murray runs, and he ends up falling into the elevators and opens and closes and, like, to, for him to get away. And at that moment, like, behind him, there is a towering figure and he's like, oh, you know, whatever, you know. You you're the actor once, again, the actor trying to once again trying to scare me. And the guy opens up his chest and there's all these. And I think this is, this may actually have been in Dickens originally. Yeah, the Wraith, Wrath and, it's not. It's well, from, no, that, that's from, that's from, that's actually from Christmas Present. Oh, it is. Okay. No, but like, maybe like, the, I can't, maybe the skulls inside, maybe the faces inside inside his body were not. That No, no, maybe that wasn't in. But anyway, you see all these screaming like puppet heads inside the skull, like his, inside his rib cage. You know, Bill Murray's like, well, that's a hell of an effect. I, like, we spent a lot of money on that. And, like, and you, the, you realize that the ghost has, like, a TV face. Yes. And it kind of cuts to, like, Bill Murray inside the TV face walking, and he staggers in to a room. He's like, looking through a window. Looking through a window, and he sees uh, a, a young man, a young African-American man in, the, in a padded cell. And, like— Oh, we have to say this beforehand, because uh, Bill Murray asks Christmas present Carol Kane— um, what happened? She tells him that they watched his father get murdered. He's like, will he always be like this? She says it's actually his choice if he decides to. Yeah, it's, it's up to him. It's, it's up, up to him, him if he if he can like if he know. can get break out of it and see the the beauty and the love and all the right. good stuff. But because his what his life has been so poor and abject and miserable, he never obviously breaks out. He's like he's institutionalized in a padded room and. It's a little over the top. Yeah, you see like, Alfred Woodard there comes, trying to visit, get, get, and he won't. He doesn't really say anything, and yeah. she leaves sad. Like he's like visiting time. The guards like visiting times are over. Get out of here, it's you know. Really and he's depressing. like, what? Well, it's it's depressing, and it's also kind of overdone. Like mm. I, it's, it's, I find the Christmas future stuff is just a bit. Overcooked. It is overdone. Um, and then it cuts to like you, you see uh, Karen Allen with and she's heavily made up. Like she almost looks like a silent film star. She's she like, almost looks like Joan Collins. Yeah, but like or or more like. 
honestly like more like Norma Desmond. Yeah. Like she's she's obviously she's made up like she's like like she's got like pale makeup on yeah. and like heavy eye makeup and she's her hair's back with like almost like one of those veil hats. Yeah, veil hats and she's she's having like like a posh lunch, a posh lunch. And, and like there's some homeless kids who come up and like beg and she's like get them out of here you know and she's like a man once told me to scrape them off my boots and like you know like scrape them off of me and and you know the only one who's gonna look out for me is me you know and like it like obviously she's been broken she's no longer sweet at heart right you know and like and then it, the final cut is we're in a room like an insanely like the, like like expressionist set of a crematorium. Yeah. Like it's like this big it's open ridiculous. wall of fire, and like a, there's a priest and Wendy Malick, and the thing, and she's like, "Oh my God, James is dead." Yeah, in a, a thing meaning a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> James is dead, and he's like, "Oh no, there he is. He's fine." Whose funeral? And he realizes it's his own funeral, and the only two people there is James and his wife, and his wife looks like she has wants to be anywhere else but there, you know. And like they're cremating him, and he's like, "Oh no, no, I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn." He's trying to stop it and whatever, and, and then he ends up in and, the and, and all of a sudden he's in the coffin. His feet are on fire. He's freaking out. He's freaking out, and then he wakes up and falls out of the elevator. Yep, right in front of Bobcat Goldthwait, and then it turns into like it's, it's Bobcat Goldthwait. I guess is now the kid who with goes the, to buy the goose, yes. except instead of buying the goose, he holds a booth hostage with a shotgun because like he's gonna help make Christmas. He promotes he promotes him to vice president. Right, gives him a corner his corner office. You know he's you know he's gonna like we're gonna make a lot of changes around here and like we're gonna make it better. You know we're gonna fix this. And he runs out and like basically interrupts the live broadcast to deliver this rambling strange monologue that only sort of works and I feel like is mostly improvised. It's super impassioned, though, and I have to say it's one of the more touching yeah. moments I've ever seen Bill Murray do on Yeah, because he's, well, he's, he seems a lot, like, until the very end, he seemed, and I mean the very, very end, yes. he seems more sincere than Bill Murray usually is. Yes. Like, like, Bill Murray is not a guy who you usually go to for sincerity. Right. There's only a few You get sar- sardonic with There's him. only a few movies where I think he's particularly sincere. This is one of the best moments. If you want to see Bill Murray get super impassioned with... I mean, it's a sense. little weird. It's a little weird. And like, and some of the things he talks about are a little strange. Oh, by the way, we missed at some point there was like, did they make, they made some really 80s joke that I, that I know. The Chernobyl it, joke? Sure. They made a Chernobyl joke. Oh, and they made, I forgot the whole thing. Like there was a joke at one point where someone's on fire. When the guy was on fire, the first thing he says, is like, what are you, Richard Pryor? Oh, Which right. was like, oh shit, shit, dude. Oh, dude. Dude movie. Yeah. I mean, this is before Richard Pryor was like immobilized by MS and it was years after he'd set himself on fire freebasing. Right. And Pryor himself joked about it on his stage act. Yeah. But still, holy shit, yeah, that was intense. a little, I mean, I guess it's better than doing the Michael Jackson, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but anyway, going back, like he does, the, he gives this. I just, I had to remember because we're near the end, and I was like, oh, we forgot the the incredibly '80s references there. So he gives this impassioned thing about like how we, like, what are you doing watching TV? You need to hug a loved one. You need to whatever. Um, oh, he, oh, we forgot to mention he opened up his present from James, and it's a picture of them. Right, there's the picture of them as kids. As kids, um, like he's it's holding like, his baby brother. Yeah, it's this really and, beautiful. And, moment. Yeah, it's the it's the actor who played the, the. It's a picture of the actor who played him as a kid holding a baby. Yeah, you know, and it's really and sweet. it's like you know, from your brother, I'll always love you. You know, yeah. whatever, and like you're the best brother that a man that a man could ask for, which is wow. Wow, <laughs> you got a Stockholm a syndrome, life. James. Yeah. <laughs> you got a sad life. But not a good so he, anyway, he gives the big speech. It's like he's helping everyone. He's like, like, like he's he's telling everyone. Like he's basically like. And meanwhile, the booth is being held hostage uh, by a shotgun wielding. Uh, we also forgot one important little side plot. the the sense the, the censor person who keeps coming. Oh in, yeah, I forgot about her. She gets, gets, she keeps getting she keeps coming in she, to save. The, the, the original reason she came in is that they were literally showing part of a nipple in an outfit. It was straight up. You could see like part of an areola yeah, on the ridiculous. outfit. And he's like. 
Like, whatever. What's it's the big deal? It's What's Christmas. The big deal? Everybody it's, loves this. Everyone loves nipples. And, like, she, this woman just keeps getting beaten up by worse by and worse. And honestly, that's sex. part of the mean spirit in this, this movie yeah. because, like, all right, I get it, a censor. They're the enemy of all that. But, like, she's literally doing her job because the FCC would find them. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, like, so she gets it. She's in the booth. And it's important to note this because at this point, they, John Glover's been tied up. Yeah, he's been tied up. And then there's this whole thing when, when Bill Murray's giving his speech talking about he goes over to one of the dancers actually and there's mistletoe which I think is a really weird moment and he yeah, kisses he, her and he's like that was good but not great yeah and, you know and, and it's like it's a weird like he kind of imposes herself like she she's willing because of the mistletoe yeah, like it's she's portrayed a, as willing but it's a little like it's a little weird it's a little weird and a then little... upstairs in the booth you see um, the John Glover is next to some, some mistletoe, mistletoe and he gets pounced on by the sensor who at this point has been bandaged, is bandaged and, and got like a neck brace because some awful things keep happening to her yeah. like she keep, like think like she keeps getting hit with things and she's she's going oh shit yeah. and getting hurt and like I actually did not like that like subplot either. at all I thought it was terrible. because again like a censor's job is actually to keep the network from getting sued yes like like and literally there's no way the FCC in the 80s would not have fined them for a nipple coming out yeah so anyway you know, so so but, they've now interrupted so in the point of where they are in the Dickens show in the in the this live is Scrooge version, giving the Scrooge is now has told the little boy to, to, it's to, Christmas to, Dice so, yeah he's like oh I'm, it's, it's like, really hilarious I'm, Bad. It. Yeah. It's really hilarious how bad Buddy Hackett's yeah. uh, accent is. It's so it's it's. it's it well, well be, yeah. I don't think Buddy Hackett. I don't think Buddy Hackett ever yeah. needed to do an English accent. Right. I think it's hilarious. Like, the very idea of hiring Buddy Hackett to play Scrooge in yeah. the first place is ridiculous. Yes. you know. But <coughs> but so, yeah. So it's right at that moment, and, and he interrupts, and he, and he, and he comes in, and he, and, and, and like and. And oh, you see, Preston has been watching with his wife, and he's drinking a single Budweiser while watching this. Yes. And he's like furious, and he's about to call, and she's like, "Wait a minute, honey, you know, like let's watch." And like, it ends up being like, ob- like obviously the obviously the subtext of why he is he's not going to get fired is this is like the biggest ratings blockbuster ever ever. People are, and you see when, when it cuts back to uh, James watching, and he's like, "Ah, oh, we should have taped this." <laughs> Because yeah. they now have a VCR, yeah, VCR, you know. It's a cute moment. But and then, uh, and but that's basically that's that's kind of the end. It's the happy ending. Wait, hold on. But the important thing that we didn't mention when, before earlier when we as we foreshadowed this, they they're showing a lot of Christmas Carol, other versions of Christmas Carol in the background a lot of different times. Yeah, was, yeah, and at least twice you see the little is his name Clarence? I think his name is Clarence. Clarence maybe, that might be his name. You I called I, it honestly, the little uh, the, the, the tiny Tim character, the Alfred Woodard's son. Calvin. You, Calvin. Calvin. You see him watching these. Herman was the one who posted it. Always, and it's always the moment where Tiny Tim says, "God bless us, everyone." And it's really obvious. Like, and it's you so see, like, this is he'll look and turn his head, and it's like, it sets it up for him to actually. So Bill Murray's about to. So Karen shows up to the set, and he's you know tells her he's so sorry, and she's the one that he really wants to be kissing. And she, he mentions that his brother's the best brother in the world. He, he brings her out onto the set. He kisses her. Everybody's happy, and then all of a sudden he's about to like say goodnight, and, and little Calvin runs, runs up over and like and says, like yanks him, and he's like, and he's like, did I forget something, little man? And he says, yes. God bless us, everyone. And then he picks him up, yeah, and it's this great. Yeah, moment. it's a great moment and because I, you hear him speak, and you right, know, yeah, and it's emotionally manipulative, and I'm, I'm I'm tearing up a little now. Yeah, it was. And I anyway, cried. Um, I cried. And uh, and then you look out, and like everyone's cheering and laughing, and you look up in the rafters. Oh, and by the way, the, the cab driver who took Karen Allen to the studio oh, yeah, was well, Buster Christmas, Point. Yeah, it was Christmas Pass. Was Christmas Pass. And he's like, where to? Yeah. All right, you know, like can you get can you get me can you get me there as fast as possible? Uh, you know, like floor. <laughs> I'll floor it. You know, and uh, when you get there, you see in the audience, you see all the ghosts, yeah. and like. Like you see, uh, and and with the Christmas present dressed the same way is uh, Herman, yes. and he's now like some sort of spirit. Yeah, he's like an and angel. you see.
see the the the, the screaming puppets inside yeah. of uh, Christmas Future are wearing Christmas hats, yeah. and they're they're Don't. celebrating. And they and they start playing this very terrible eighties song, eighties version of what Christmas what song was it? Go oh God! It. Oh, it's uh, put a little little love in your heart. Oh yeah. Oh, it is. So it's it's pretty badly sung. It's terrible. Like, oh, and, oh, and, oh, I forgot to mention, in the with James's family, that's where Joel Murray is. He plays one, oh, of, the right. one of the family friends. He's one of the family friends. That's right. Uh, like, so we got that, oh, that. and the, the reason that they find out that Bill Murray... Joel has, Murray being Freddie Rumson from Mad Men and the other Murray. The, way, the way that they find out that Bill Murray had actually visited them and knew something about what was going on is when is they were he, playing... Oh, he says, oh, and the answer was the SS Minnow! And they're all like, what? They're like, what? You know, like, they're confused. Like, how did he know that? Whatever. And anyway, we go to the credits and then you get like this weird moment where like the improv probably should have been shut off. Yes. Where like Bill Murray comes and he's obviously doing with the audience. He's like, basically he's like, okay, now everyone on this side of the of the the theater. theater. Now just the women. Now just the real women. Now just the men. And it's a very strange, and then he says like, like some weird offhand reference to like, I can't remember what, like one of those 80s, like he says a line from another 80s movie, like out of nowhere for yeah. no reason. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe I forgot what it was because it was so it's stupid. ridiculously like. It's really stupid. It, it, it's anyway, so dumb and it's so, it's like, why did we let him? And like, it's all going over the credits. Like the credits sort of stop for a minute and then we see this, mo- it's yeah. just a dumb moment. It's a weird dumb ending and it's like, like for the ending and it's like, it it's, and again, like going back, like it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> Excuse me. It's a very weird, like, into a movie that I like. I have such mixed feelings about. Yeah. It did get very mixed reviews. Yeah. Uh, this movie, it's like, like I think I think Cisco liked it and Ebert didn't, or mm. something like that. Which is weird because usually Ebert's the one who forgives these kind of things more than Cisco did. Yeah. But like in this, but um, like like a lot of people like thought thought that like the undercurrent, like like I like I kind of agree with the undercurrent of meanness, kind of like undercuts the message, the a, message bit. a bit. And apparently, by the way, uh, Richard Donner and Bill Murray did not get along very well. Interesting. Set. Like it, like 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 they 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 were not um they disagreed a lot with each other and um you know and, and I think Richard Donner said that basically it's like he's he's like very talented but they but he was difficult on the set and like Murray's talented but difficult like he's I think he said that Murray was basically like as difficult as any actor he'd ever worked with wow like and that, and honestly this was probably the height of Bill Murray being like kind of full of himself right you know so I'm not surprised so John I have a question for you mm-hmm. was this movie worth revisiting I think Yes, but I'm going to qualify it for a lot of reasons. Again, like uh, there's there's a lot to it that's got a meanness, you know. Like it, like I, I like I get like the whole point of the movie is to say, hey, '80s folks, stop being so greedy, be nicer. But it's really mean spirited to it. Like Bobcat Goldthwait, and by the way, I want to add that like in no universe does Bobcat Goldthwait not go to jail. Yeah. There's no universe where he doesn't. I'm sorry, but like, but like, but like, we, we've got to overlook that, you know, because it's just a movie. But like, there's no way he's he's holding these people at gunpoint hostage. There's right. no way. There's no way that Bryce is impressing charges right, exactly. at least. And I, like, like, like again, like there's a nastiness to it that I, but I think it's fun enough, right, to watch. Like and it's like oh yeah you know and it's got its moments you know like some of the parodies of Hollywood and whatever yeah oh and oh and there's a moment where Robert Mitchum is watching the special and like the mice come on screen and his his two cats, cats are batting like, at the yeah. screen and he's like so proud of himself which is Robert Mitchum is so great in such a tiny part yeah I mean I don't I can't, I think I don't know how long it was till Robert Mitchum passed away but and I think oh by the way I think part of the mean spirit of this movie is it was co-written by Michael O'Donoghue Mr. Mike of Saturday Night Live fame, oh yeah who is a very funny but very mean spirited sort of like humor kind yeah. of 
yeah. guy. He was one of the founders of the Harvard Lampoon. Like very, like you know, very like which became National Lampoon. Lampoon. Yeah. You know, he's a very like dark guy. He um, one of my favorite stories about him was uh, when he was when he came back to SNL like to like help them after they had like dipped in the early eighties. Like his demands for like the shit that they wanted to do like were insane, and he, like he he his idea for a sketch. There was a sketch where it was like the last days of like I can't remember who it was that was in charge of NBC at the time, and NBC was the lowest net rated network by a long stretch. Yeah. But he basically wanted to do a sketch that was Hitler's bunker, but the NBC executives. Oh like that's Mike O'Donoghue. Yeah, okay. that's the kind of shit. And he's he could be very funny, but like there is no heart in him at all. Right. Like just mean. Um. So yeah, I think it was worth watching, but it is qualified. Like it's like a five and a half, six star movie. It's just above. Like like it's good moments are good, and it's worth it to kind of say, hey, John Murray could have been a more like if he had not like been given roles where he's like a an er Bill Murray character could have been something better, you know. And you and Joel Murray's barely in it at all. Uh, but you know, you know, it's like. But yeah, it's it, it, it's it's worth seeing, but it's not worth really. It's not worth spending money on. Rent it from a library, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what we did. And Allie, was it worth watching? Huh, I think I'm fifty fifty on this as well. Like I, I'm glad I saw it, and it was. I think the most fun for me was like trying to figure out all the um, what do you got like the the cameos that were made and like what they were doing with it. I again, like I said, one of my favorite things about a such a well-known classic is how do you update this mm-hmm. and is that oh speaking of cameos we forgot to mention the street musicians oh yeah miles, miles davis. davis is one of them uh, uh sanborn mike uh what is his name david sanborn and uh paul schaefer and there's someone else i can't remember yeah. who it was but but like there's street musicians that are basically like fucking miles davis yeah. is in this movie so you know? and i think that that part was was a joy for me and i think mm-hmm. that that brought if that hadn't been part of it, if it, if they tried yeah. to make this movie super super serious without bringing in those moments of like how fucking crazy is it that it's Buddy Hackett playing screw? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like those things that just worked yeah. really well. Right. I think I I think I don't think I would have liked it as much. And and as saying that, I, it, this is not my favorite movie, and it's probably not even something I ever need to see again. What? No, I'm just no. I'm just finish your thought. Yeah. I just have something that just so, occurred to me. So I, and I as I think about it, it's like I don't think they do a very good. I don't think that this it does a very good job updating because, like I said, they had to go, they had to jump through special hoops in mm-hmm. order to make the to make it work because this day and age, the type of person that they used in this character and what his job was and his power mm-hmm. needed all this other pressure behind it, which right. I think didn't quite work. I also felt like they shoved the ending. So my, I know yeah. that in the in the in the real story. He's told this is going to happen over a course of days, yeah. and and yet he wakes up and it's he hasn't missed it, and that's a yeah. really big thing. We kind of don't get enough of that. We right, get yeah. enough of this joy of I haven't. He's like, it's not like yeah, like I, does he even look at the screen and go, oh, the show's still going on, I have time. You know, I don't like, think so. I you know, and, and if they were meant to do that, it wasn't done well you know, enough. And I, I you know, and I I think I realized. I, like that was the, the the look on my face yeah. was it suddenly realized like I think the problem with this movie is it's another one of those neither fish nor fowl things. I think there could have been a very good, very dark comedy movie, like satirizing the way that like television and film looks at Christmas yes. as a money making yes. thing. Like, it's a like that stuff was very funny if heartless. But like grafting on like the like the that's why I think the heart feels grafted on. Yes. You know, you either need this movie need, either needs to be less cynical or much more, more cynical. cynical. Yeah. And I think much more cynical would have been a better take, just because 
you have plenty of like saccharine Hollywood movies out there about Christmas. Like I think a very like this movie could have been like a brilliant black comedy. Honest to God, it might have been almost better if maybe it didn't work because you can't even turn a TV executive. Yeah. If like something. if like if like he embraced it anyway. Yeah. And like get rid of that love story, you know, like and whatever. It might have actually been a better movie because the, like the, the the stuff that made me laugh the hardest was how terrible and crass the you know like the, these TV people are yeah. about it. Well, and had they done something, even at the very end, rather than having Preston, who's about to fire him, he's like, oh, you're, this is your last day, you're not going to have this. Had it been more like, all of a sudden you get, like, somebody rushes into his house and is like, look at the ratings, look at how much money we're going right, to make for yeah. next year. You know, let Yeah, and it go. turns into a cynical, well, we could use this. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. that would have made like, it... Generosity is the new, is, is the the new, new greed. Thing. Yeah, you know? we can use that for next year. Forget about the mice. Mm-hmm. We're going to make this generosity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that would have at least yeah. put a capper on it that would have been like, oh, we get what you're doing. Right. You know, as an audience. Right, but, yeah. But they didn't do that. They tried to yeah, throw the like, heart in yeah, there. I, yeah, I feel which like is frustrating is... because I honestly think one of the best parts of this movie, other than I agree with you, I think John Murray is actually one of my favorite things about the movie, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But I, I think what, what I, and I like John Murray a little better than you do, not as, not. I could not stand movie. him in movie I violations. Know, but I like him a little better than you do, but I really liked him in this movie. Like, I thought he was charming and sweet and wonderful. He was a great Fred character, and he d- did it very well, and it didn't feel saccharine. Yeah. It, yeah, felt, had, it, it felt You like could heart. feel the sadness in him that his yeah. brother, that he knows his brother doesn't love him as much as he loves his yeah, brother. Yeah, and you can see the heart you and know. all this stuff. But, but my point is that had they, and, and that, you probably could have kept that, but the problem is that you then get this really, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen Bill Murray do. That's where I started tearing up was that very impassioned speech that he's giving where he's super serious he's super intense about it you can see that he's yeah. tearing up and I, I don't know I felt like that was one of the most like yeah. heartfelt things yeah, I've you ever don't seen Bill Murray even do. in even in real life when he's just being Bill Murray you almost never see like like it's almost always an act with him he's yes. always always on and like it like it did feel like, for, like, him, like it felt like he was on and then suddenly like for a while he was just being like he he, he dropped it and was actually being very real for a moment and yeah. that was good and all that but again, I feel like I just feel like this movie it was like in the wrong movie. Almost. It was in the wrong movie, and this movie just didn't. It didn't. It didn't work quite right. It mm-hmm. just didn't. Like it. It just. It felt like a lot of like missed opportunities, or just overall just clumsily done. Also, like, I don't fucking believe for five seconds that Karen Allen's character would, would take him would back. Take, would not just take him back, but handle all the shit that he did and every time come back with a smile. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, either she's super heavily abused right. or because he is terrible to her. Yeah, he's and never, she's yeah. Not, she cannot be that good. It's been, it's been years since he's actually been sweet to her and he just has this one little moment around. Like, yeah, I can get, like, like in reality, yeah, in, in the more dark version of this that I could see if you're going to have her relationship, it, it needs to be her going, well, this is too little too late. Yeah, something. You know? I, I mean, you get you get it. It's weird that John Murray does a better job with this, but I think his character's set up to do that. It's to be honest. being like, he's a little sad, and he's like, you know, well, he uh, but, is my but he's brother. All, yeah, it's also, it's, he's his brother. And, right, it's family. And, you can t- and, and the thing is, it's like, there's never, it's never, it's never implied that, Bill has screwed him over. Right. It's just that he's just like, not been estranged. There. Yeah, he's just kind he's of just like estranged. He's just right. out of touch. Yeah. Like it's way different. It's way more different. And even and even the complaints that Wendy Malick makes is just he he doesn't come. Yeah. Like it's like he doesn't care. Yeah. He's not terrible to him. He yeah, it's like, it's not like he's it's not like he's been abusive yeah. and verbally. It's True. not like he's like it, it like it, it you don't see you, you you literally do not see anything in the past about how he screwed his brother over. Yeah. No. 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 It's just either. it's just implied that he's not a very good. Brother. And you see that there's really is in that picture there's it's so obvious there's joy and love. I mean that's right, a yeah, fabulously exactly. yeah. 
it's obvious. Yeah, it, it's yeah. did a good job. But yeah, like so ultimately, like I just think the movie is it's it's got a lot of missed opportunities. It's worth seeing because there's some good performances in it, and, and there's it's some fun very to see funny the cameos. Moments. And yeah, and there's just, moments. Just know that there's a weird meanness this, to it. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a little Under cold. It, yeah. It's a little cold. It's a little distant. And it kind of feels like I said shoved to to the end of the story at the end of the movie. And yeah. You just feel like whoa 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 like yes it's breakneck speed but it's too breakneck. Yeah. Like, feels, you don't get time to like right. digest. And I remember thinking to myself when the Bob Cat Goldthwait thing happened, I'm like, oh, this is still all part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that he was still part of the Christmas future thing and there's like mm-hmm. all this, like people hate you and yeah. there's all this evil and all this kind of stuff and then I was like, but, wait you know, a minute. But no, but, but you always, it always ends with Scrooge about to go to the Do, grave. I know, you know but so, that's why yeah. I was confused. Yeah. And so it, I didn't understand we were back in the present and I didn't understand yeah. that we were still, that he didn't miss it because usually the very first thing that happens is he wakes up, he realizes that he's not dead. What day is this? You yeah, know? and it's right and it's not like he's being shot at with like, a gun. You know what it would have been really good because if it's supposed to end at like midnight or whenever it's supposed yeah. to end, it would have been great if they he'd done if he just suddenly grabbed Bobcat Goldthwait, who's like you know got the gun yeah. and is threatening me. He's like, "What time is it?" Yeah, you know, or something like that. Yeah. If they had actually done a more direct allusion to yeah. it right then and there, yeah. probably would have been a little better. I yeah, again, it's just it. I mean, I'm repeating myself. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it, it just it just doesn't it doesn't quite work. Right. But I guess. Um, Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yep. Um, if you want to find us, hey, we're still around. We still Ish. have our website, matchmadeinspace.com. Hey, did we pay for our hosting fees yet? I don't know. You have it. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you're you the one who uh, yeah, pays money. Um, anyway, uh, we have an email address. It is matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at MMIS Podcast. You can find us individually. Allie is at ALI underscore Goodman. And don't forget, if you want to do that charity thing, uh, shoot her a message. Yeah. She can hook you up. And I can make sure you're uh, for on the list ne- for like, next we'll year. Put you on the list for next year, and we'll contact you. She'll, we'll get you contacted later. Um, and you can find me at Hitler Puncher. Um, and um, I guess a very happy holidays to everyone, even yeah. people not celebrating them, because, hey, have a good day. Yeah, have, <laughs> just have a good day. And, um, um, that's it. Um, this is a uh, match made in space. Signing off. Buy me an ad at. <laughs>